Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Aday. She is going to speak on title this program, which is African Dry Bones Waking Up in God's Fifth Dimension Reality. What an interesting title. How did you come up with that title, Dr. Day? And tell us what we're going to be talking about in detail, as I know you will. How are you? I am doing well. A little problem with my voice at absolutely the wrong time, <laughs> because I want to be dramatic to this evening. Well, it's, it's afternoon here. And but, you, you uh, sound well. Okay. I might have to clear my throat occasionally. <clears throat> no problem. Like that. But I'm sure our audience will forgive me. Uh, you asked, how did I come up with the title? I didn't. <laughs> it was given. It was given to me. It was a download. Okay. And when I get those, wow, I know it's something important, so I don't play around with it. So, hello, my beloved, wherever you are in the world. Welcome, welcome, and a big thanks to all, especially my supporters. Your contributions really help a lot. Once I make the big move, I keep talking about it, referring to the time when I will no longer be situated here in the States. I will be on the continent. I'm going home, y'all. So once I get there, yes, once I get there, I'm going to open a Patreon account, but not right now. My my mind is stretched too far, and the best I can do is to have the Friday show once a week. That's the best I can do right now. It's too busy up in here, up in here. <laughs> So, as I just informed Lance, beloved, we have entered the time when mental, psychological, and spiritual changes are critical. This is about life. Life spelled all in caps. Many of you are still stuck in low vibrations, dealing with things that are not worthy, not worthy of your time. Some others of you are emerging from that Western patrix, but you're emerging slowly, maybe too slowly, but I can't tell because I don't know your divine destiny. Only God knows that. And I understand the problem because I had to come out of it too. You see, from the time of our birth, we've been led false narratives about ourselves, about who we are, about our identity, about our potentialities and about our purpose here on earth. 
and we have swallowed it hook, line, and sinker because it is what we have been taught since birth. Some might say even before birth, even while we were in our mother's womb, because the fetus can hear everything that's going on around the mother, especially what the mother says, especially the mother's emotional state when she discusses certain things. So we have been fed this rubbish. It stinks. And we are still in it. And as long as we are in it, we have to fight it. And we need each other to help fight it. No matter how Afrocentric we are, no matter how much research we have done, there are unguarded moments when a thought or a statement can come into our minds or out of our mouths and sometimes we don't even recognize the fact that it's coming from that low vibrational, three-dimensional patrix, Western patrix, which is completely material, completely 180 degrees away from African spirituality. And if it's that, then it's 180 degrees away from who we are and what we are about and what we are supposed to be doing on this earth. Beloved, we have to change this false, I should say these false, twisted narratives that were borrowed by people who are, listen to this, borrowed by people who are recent newcomers on the human scene. I'm talking about those other people, those non-Africans, who have wickedly used their religions to corrupt our narratives and they did it to benefit themselves and to denigrate us. And we are still in it. We are a family. If other members of the family, family are stuck, emotionally, we are suffering along with you. So we are doing our part. We're doing our part to wake you up. If you want to wake up, fine. But if you choose not to, then we have to keep going and leave you behind. So those other people have wickedly used their religions to corrupt our narratives, to benefit them and to denigrate now, these are people 
who were suffering through some 1,000 years or more of harsh ice age existence while we Africans were busy inventing civil civilization. For example, when they came from behind those icebergs and, and, and glaciers, we had already invented agriculture, the calendar. And by the way, both of those were invented by African women. Our men never talk about that. Our men have bought into this this Western patriarchy because it benefits them or they think it benefits them. It does not and it cannot. Anything that separates black men and women from each other is not good for us and never has been. So how is it that for hundreds of thousands of years, we got along fine in that system of African matriarchy where things were balanced? African matriarchy is not just the opposite of Caucasian patriarchy. It is not. Now, I'm not going into detail on that because that's not a part of tonight's message. And I have discussed it before. So our men have bought into the white male patriarchy, or I should say the non-African patriarchy, because it benefits them. So where was I? I was talking about how these folks, them folks, as they say, came from behind those glaciers and icebergs during this last warm WURM period of the Ice Age. And even after that, they were still going through many, M-I-N-I, many ice ages throughout Europe. They were still starving. That's another lecture. The British hate the Irish today. Now, some of you are old enough to remember when white potatoes were called Irish potatoes. Lance, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. They still call it that in some places. Yes, especially in the South. They were called Irish potatoes because the Irish ate those potatoes that had been brought into Europe by these travelers, white travelers, brought it from the, the southern region, or regions, right, in the Americas. And the Pope, since it was not a European food, the Pope told the Catholics 
that if they ate this foreign food, they would be cursed. That God would punish them. That they would be committing a sin. Now this was at a time when all of Europe was starving. Because they were in a mini, M-I-N-I mini. A mini ice age. After the big one had kind of warmed up. I've even seen Frankenstein movies about that very period. And since the Pope decided that since this was foreign food, Europeans should not eat it. It would be better to starve and go to heaven than eat these potatoes and go to hell. But the Irish ate them. And the Brits, the English, still hate the Irish for eating those potatoes. Let me go on. So while they were going through the Ice Age, we Africans were busy inventing civilization. Two inventions were created by African women. Agriculture. It was African women during that hunting and gathering period. It was African women who were doing the gathering and the hunting for small game. The men hunted big game. The women were dealing with the fruits and the herbs and the nuts. But during that gathering period, they were plucking the leaves of the vegetation and they discovered which ones were edible and which ones were not. Our ancient mothers, being very intelligent, after a while they they decided, listen, it doesn't make sense to just pluck these leaves. Let's dig up the whole root and take it back to the homestead. And that is how gardening started. And from the garden, the garden developed into, or the gardens developed into farms. Small farms grew into huge farms. So very soon, these women were hiring help to develop even further. And thus, the men didn't always have to rely on hunting animals. The women were doing their part with the gathering and the growing by then. And since it's the women that were dealing with the herbs of the earth, they were the first healers. They not only discovered which herbs were good to eat, they also discovered which ones would heal. And they do that 
today. I've seen them do it today. While we have to run to a pharmacy and get a pill, they just walk out into the bush, whatever is growing around the house very often. And they have their medicine. So it was women who invented agriculture and by their invention of agriculture, they laid the groundwork, they laid the foundation for civilization. Because once people and societies, groups, began to farm, it required for them to develop a permanent settlement. So they stopped being hunter-gatherers, and they became farmers. They became sedentary. They were no longer nomadic. They were now sedentary. And they invented civilization, agriculture was led, invented by African women. African women also invented the calendar on that march toward civilization. Of course it was women. Women have a 30-day menstruation cycle. And they started making marks on walls and on trees. And they discovered, wow, we all go through this every month together. So the first calendar was a monthly calendar created by women. What other parts of civilization had we already developed when these people came from behind those glaciers and icebergs. Besides uh, agriculture and the calendar, mathematics. Again, we cannot leave women out. If you begin to Google and everything I tell you, you can Google it. You can find out if I'm right or wrong. And if I am wrong, correct me. Because I don't uh, I, I don't dote on being right. It's got to be my way or the high. No. I want to be correct. So if you find that I am saying something that is not true and you bring that evidence, I will modify my words. When it comes to mathematics, you can Google the Libombo bone, L-E-B-O-M-B-O, Libombo bone. And there is another one, all of a sudden the name of it slipped away. The Ishango bone, I-S-H. A-N-G-O, the Ishango 
bone and the Libombo bone. If you find one, you will often find the other one as well. They are in the museums. What is so significant about those bones is this. It's a calculating. They are calculating devices. So the African woman invented the first calculator. And guess what? Throughout the southern regions of Africa, women still use them today in trade. That's why they created them. And you'll find notches in three different in three different columns that you can calculate things by. They still use them. They don't need this gadget. Let me move on. Geometry, physics, philosophy, uh, oratory, architecture. You know we've got architecture down. And we built pyramids using the same mathematic principles throughout the world. You find pyramids everywhere, not just Egypt. Pyramids are like a hallmark of African existence. They are everywhere. People are just now talking about it. You see how we are coming from under that evil spell that was cast by them folks. They learned just enough of our spirituality to use it for, for evil and, for use, and to use it for their purposes. What else have we already created when they came from behind those glaciers and icebergs? I said mathematics, geometry, physics, philosophy, oratory, architecture, the arts, astronomy, chemistry, medicine. They were already doing brain surgery. We have the evidence. Google it. Stop using your cell phones and, and computers to look up foolishness and nastiness. Garbage in, garbage out. That's why so many of you are stuck. Because you love to eat. You love for your you love to feed your brain. Garbage. Stinking rubbish. So your vibrations remain low. There were so many other things that we had already created when these people were finally able, able to come out of those caves 
come from behind those glaciers and icebergs. And lo and behold, behold it was like they, they came into an, an unknown world. And they came out in almost an animal, animalistic condition. And we have tried humanizing them for thousands of years. It has not worked. And it has not worked because it is not in their nature. It is also not in their will to do so. The first thing they should have done was to find the blue blackest Africans they could and begin to crossbreed, to bring them back to humanity. But instead, they went complete in completely the opposite direction. And they are still afraid of crossbreeding with Africans because they know that if we wanted to, we could wipe them out genetically in one or two generations. Because once you are black, once you crossbreed with blackness, there is no going back. And by 2050, one in every four persons on this earth is going to be African, whether you call yourself African or not. Those African genes are going to do the job. The universe is tired of the mess, the wickedness, the evil, the killing that these people are doing, and yet they want to call themselves human beings. And what is so outrageous is that the more inhuman they behave, the more they claim that they are the best example of humanity. And we go along with it. Like idiots. Like idiots. I'm going to ask you one question, and I don't care who doesn't like it. Why is it that everything on this earth benefits from the sun? Except them. Let me ask again. Why is it everything on this earth benefits from the sun except them? Yes, I'm doing the Umar Johnson thing. Thank you, my brother. Why is it everything on this earth benefits from the sun? Accept them. And then ask another rhetorical question. It's rhetorical because everyone knows the answer. 
whether you admit it or not. If they do not benefit from the sun, if the sun is their enemy, are they human or not? Let me move on. So these people are of low, very low vibrations. And this is what they saw. Civilization built by Africans. This is what they saw when they finally emerged from behind those icebergs and glaciers a thousand or more years ago. They emerged half-starved and almost in an animal state. What they did eventually was to borrow from recorded African knowledge. When they raided the libraries of Alexandria, it was so deep spiritually that they didn't understand all of it. They still don't. You see, their reality is material. It is completely three-dimensional. And Africans were born with a capacity to go beyond three dimensions. But they are not. They are not created that way. And I have talked about the pineal gland and neuromelanin and the limbic system. Work mouth or work properly. I've talked to you. I've shown you several times now how those things were built into the African system. And even beyond that, there is something called the God gene. So they are looking for it. They don't know what it is. They don't have it, but they want it. It's like they want our neuromelanin, but they don't have it. And all you have to do is look at them to know that they don't have it. Any light-colored eyes tells you they are not blessed with an abundance of neuromelanin because the iris of the eye is a definite index for how much Neuromelanin runs through a person's system. So from the deepest levels of genetic structures, we've got it. They don't. And as the original people of the earth, we were already suited for the fifth dimension. Hundreds of thousands of years ago, we already had it. And that's how we created the wonders 
that we created in the ancient world. So these people emerged, half-starved, almost in an animal state. They aren't far from that now. Just look at the way they act. They borrowed from recorded African knowledge that had been handed down for hundreds of thousands of years. And then the little bit of knowledge that they could understand and work with, they took it and corrupted it. They corrupted the fundamental information by concocting, <laughs> oh Lord, they concocted a creation story that is non-scientific. A creation story that is against the laws of the universe. Okay. I'm looking for my page. It's There's a blank page stuck to it. Come on. Thank you. They corrupted the fundamental information by concocting a creation story that is non-scientific against the universe, the laws of the universe, and against the laws of nature. Who ever heard of men giving birth? Who? Who ever heard of creating something from nothing. Who? It's impossible. On top of these kinds of corruptions, those folks selectively converted particular passages in their scriptures to make it appear that high vibration Africans were cursed above all human beings and low vibration non-Africans were blessed above all human beings. They flipped the script. So, beloved, we have to change the false twisted narratives that have been created by our enslavers and colonizers. Therefore, I'm inspired to use a biblical passage. Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37. Verses 1 through 14, in whichever version of the Bible you go by. I'm using Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14, to interpret a story that is closer to the truth. 
Now, this is going to trigger a lot of people. But they're just going to have to scratch where they itch. They're going to be outraged. Too bad. Because the God in me gives me the authority to do what I do. As African people, you know we love stories. We love storytelling. I grew up at a time when the old folks would sit around a gas stove, a pot-bellied stove. And it had a window in it. I've forgotten the material, but it doesn't burn. And we could see the flames inside that pot-bellied stove. And the old folks would, they would turn off the lights in the living room. And the elders had the best seats. We kids had to sit on the floor wherever we could find space and just listen. And we remember for a lifetime the stories that were told about life, about suffering, about God, about the Holy Spirit, and about their experiences in the South before they were able to escape or leave those awful plantations. We would listen to the stories. And in that spirit, I'm going to use Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14, to tell a story. And the story is about how Ezekiel found himself in the valley of dry bones. It's quite a story. It's a fascinating story of magic and mystery. And the God in me gives me the authority to give my own translation of the dry bones, the valley of dry bones. Because we love stories and storytelling. Because storytelling is also a way of teaching and learning. Now, if it resonates and vibes with you, good. It was meant for you to understand and to respond appropriately. If not, if it doesn't resonate with you, 
of course, you are free to change the channel. You are stuck, so the information and the message are not for you. So please, go to another channel. You can do that. Okay. Hold on for a moment. So, beloveds, let's get into the story. I hope you can hear the background music. I want to use the music to set the scene, to establish a mood. Let's get into it. As I tell this story. Beloved, something phenomenal just came upon me one evening and it happened when I was researching a certain topic. that I wasn't used to spiritual experiences. I mean, over, over the span of a lifetime. However, this time it was different. In fact, it was, it, it, it was very different. This experience Spiritually captured my entire being was so different that it infused a feeling in me that was akin to dread. Dread and, and even foreboding. You see, the Spirit of God transported me into a family that was devoid of life in every way. There were no trees to lend shade. No trees. No trees to, to give shade to the parched dry landscape where I was taken. There was no sweet-smelling grass under Tickle the seat, and in in between the toes, you know what I'm talking about. There was no grass. No animal scurried or slithered in and out. You know how they busily do their their usual routine. No animal. And beloved, the atmosphere itself seemed parched and foreboding. 
There were dark clouds that hung overhead without any promise of life-giving rain. And beloved, then, there I noticed a scene so shocking that I sharply inhaled. And I don't remember taking another breath after that. Because before me was a huge valley, a valley filled with dry human bones. And the bones were piled up three and four deep as far as my eyes could see. And none of these bones were joined together, joint to joint. Just separate bones piled high and deep. And my then my, my reluctant, buck-eyed spirit, yes, I said, buck-eyed spirit, I, I could feel my eyes bulging. My buck-eyed spirit was carried around the periphery of these dry bones. And the Holy Spirit then spoke to me, asking this question. Daughter of God, can these bones come alive? Ah, what? The question was surprising. The question partially drew my a question I'm sorry, drew my attention away from this chilling scene of bones piled high and deep, but my bulging eyes remained transfixed upon this sight that was before me. Spirit repeated the question. This time, the question got my full attention. Daughter of God, can these dry, leafless, disjointed bones live again? Wow. Seeing that I was speechless, the Holy Spirit then said to me, Prophesy, O daughter of God, prophesy upon these bones and say this unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Most High. Thus saith Mother, Father, God, Behold, 
I will cause strength to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you. I will cover you again with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And ye shall know that the divine spirit of Mother, Father, God is real and reigns supreme throughout the cosmos. These words, these words fill me with an energy so powerful that my very spirit began to vibrate. And I don't know how I remembered everything that the Holy Spirit said to me. But I remembered. I quoted. I prophesied just as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was an unusual noise that I had never heard in my lifetime. And along with the noise, I, I, I beheld a strange shaking and a change in the atmosphere. The entire atmosphere changed. And I witnessed, oh, have mercy. As I prophesied, I witnessed the bones beginning to come together, bone to bone, and, and joint to joint. As I and as I watched, the sinews began to wrap around the joints. And as I continued to watch, the, the flesh and the skin began to cover the bones and the sinews. However, there was no, no breath in them. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me again, saying this, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, O daughter of God, and say this to the wind. Thus said, Mother, Father, God, come from the four winds, O breath, come forth and breathe upon these slain that they may live. With no hesitation this time, I prophesied as the Holy Spirit commanded me. 
and they heard what? I could literally see the winds, the winds, my people, coming in toward us from the four corners of the earth. I saw them. I saw the spirits, the flame and whose bones lay at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean and, and, and the Indian Ocean, and the spirits were riding. Ha! Oh my goodness! The spirits were riding the four winds, and the ancestors. Spirits riding these winds were wheeling. And although I cupped my my ears with my hands, I could still hear the the wailing. And this is what they were saying. They were saying, Ah, all the time has come. Our time has come. We return. We return to to render justice. We return to render justice. And thus the wind enhanced the energies of these returned ancestors. And the winds from the ancestors. He brought life giving birth into those who were once dry bones. Can you imagine these dry bones came alive and, and stood up on their feet? And when this happened, I was in the spirit. But I wanted to run, but the Holy Spirit held me there. And as the tribunes stood up, I saw that, oh my goodness, their numbers formed an exceedingly great army, y'all. An army ready to fight. And somehow, in my heart and mind, I understood that they were here to fight for us, to do battle for us in ways that we were not able to do for ourselves. They saw that a critical mass of us were praying and we're working, doing everything we could, using all our gifts and powers to bring about this new change. In my heart and mind, I knew what they were saying and thought they were here as armies to fight. Yes, some 
then I saw this army, spirit, that, that feeling, that emotion of running left me, completely left me, and I'm in the spirit, but I was in the spirit, but somehow they said courage, the spirit of courage to me. I stopped being fearful and I stood my ground, knowing that they were here to fight for us. Then Spirit said to me, Daughter of God, these bones represent the entire continent of Africa. Although their lives are restored, many still say of themselves, our bones are dry. And our hope is lost. We have been cut off from our motherland for too long. O daughter of God, such persons are stuck in a three-dimension, low-vibration nightmare. And we are already in a five-dimension reality. I began to ask myself, how, how will these people survive in the fifth-dimensional spiritual reality now that the third-dimensional physical reality is being destroyed. What will they do, Holy Spirit? What will they do as they witness the low vibration, three-dimension folks being made extinct? These were the ideas that went through my mind. They sort of shot through my brain as I'm standing there processing quickly what the Holy Spirit said. Africans who still cling to those folks. Wow. I understood instantly that those Africans who still cling to those folks will go down with the enemy. And I remembered, and maybe the Holy Spirit reminded me of this African traveler that said, the stubborn fly that follows the corpse to the grave will be buried with the corpse. 
this is what will happen to those people who are stuck. Some because they don't see any way out or they're too weak to get out. But I also understood instantly that many of them are stuck because they want to be. For their own personal gain, they remain in the Western future for some kind of personal benefit. They are like they're like the stubborn fly. They will go down with a corpse into the grave. The Holy Spirit spoke to me again. And this is what the Holy Spirit said. Now that now that you understand, O daughter of God, now that you understand the situation, prophesy again. And this time say unto them, Thus saith Mother Father God, Behold, O oh my people, I will return you to life again, for you shall never die. You shall never die because you are my firstborn. You shall never die because you are my original human beings created on earth. And there are no others like you. For I gifted you, my African children, I gifted you with blessings that no others on earth possess. I shall renew my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I shall place you back in your own land. And you will go with great abundance. Then you shall know that Mother, Father, God spoke this prophecy truly and correctly concerning Africa and African people. The prophecy was spoken to Inhotep. Inhotep. Now called Egypt, and it was spoken to him five thousand years ago. The Holy Spirit let this sink in momentarily and then spoke again. O daughter of God. Now you shall know and understand the meaning of as above, so below. As there is almighty, 
infinite God above. So I created my African children as finite earthly gods. You know. And now you shall know the great I am has spoken it. The great I am has performed it. Just say it, Mother, Father, God. And then, push. I was back to myself. I, I, I was just back to myself. Back in... normal, if you can call it normal, time. But my very soul was shaken. I began to weep. It wasn't a mournful weeping. It was just the power of God that had been on me and now that I was back to myself, I was still, you know, the spirit of God, the energy, still remains, still, still clung to me. I was weeping and I was praising God. I was weeping and praising God. And, and at the same time, I, I was a little afraid. Who wouldn't be afraid after, after a vision, an experience like that? For me to say to others, thus see God. That's a heavy burden. But I know that if God's Holy Spirit came to me and said, do it, then I have to do it. Well, that's the end of the story. The end of the story that is found in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. Beloved, if you like this video, please hit those like, share, and subscribe buttons. And please leave your comments. We also appreciate your, your donations, beloved. So now let me 
let me just talk to you. Beloved, we have to change the false, twisted narrative that trapped us in low energy Miseducated Africans worldwide are the dry bones. They are the disconnected, semi-comatose, thin folks who are not thin folks. They are the folks who are alive in word only. The question can these dry bones live again is a rhetorical question. It's rhetorical because we know the answer already. And the answer is yes. It is yes, but only if they want to, only if they have the will to do so. It is up to them. It is up to us to wake up or to stay asleep. As far as our ancestors are concerned, millions, millions have returned in the flesh. However, the spirits of many have also returned, just as spirits, especially those who are attached to skulls and bones sitting in European homes and museums. And over the span of about 500 years, all of them for form and exceedingly great army. And believe me when I tell you that a crucifix or the sign of a cross or holy water or any type of mumbo-jumbo will not stop these ancestors and the ancestral spirits from coming to get those folks and the Africans who collaborate with them. Nothing can save them. My beloveds, no. Please know and understand the meaning of as above, so below. Remember that you are God's firstborn. Remember that you are God's original human beings on earth and there are none like you. I have shown you solid evidence that God gifted Africans with spiritual, genetic, biological, anatomical, psychological, chemical, and neurological gifts that no other group has. Remember, Google it, 
this is why we Africans are hated so much. The reason they disrespect us is because they know that we have these gifts and they don't. They know the powers we have and we don't know. The danger, beloved, the danger is for those Africans who choose not to know who they are and what powers they have. You're in danger. Not from me, but from God. In my videos, I have also shown you evidence of the prophecy and the curse that was uttered by priests, prophets, scientists, polymaths, in Hotel of Egypt, of Kemet. The prophecy and the curse that were uttered 5,000 years ago that predicted our present situation. 5,000 years ago, before. that whole narrative about a people being captured and taken to a strange land where we would toil from can't see in the morning until can't see at night. A situation in which we had no control over our own bodies, not even when it came to hygiene. Not even when it came to selecting a mate for ourselves. We were bred like animals. And they did it for money. With no concern over the human spirit. Because this is a material culture, a materialistic group of people. They don't have spirit and they can't even access spirit. And I have shown you why not genetically. Chemically, structurally, there are structures inside our bodies that tell you, that tell you symbolically, the children of the Most High, that we have a direct connection with Almighty God. And if we had become so blind and deaf, so blind that we cannot see the working of Almighty God and the Holy Spirit in our 
spiritual reality. If we can't see it. If we cannot hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us and guiding us, saying, remember your Africanity. That Africanity is connected to the divine. It is in us. It is what those other people are looking for. They want to get it. They are conducting studies in at least three different academic fields. Looking for the God gene so that they can track and capture it for themselves. Thinking that it will save them, but they cannot be saved. You see, the prophecy that was uttered 5,000 years ago by Enhotep of Kemet said that if they have not repented, after 400 years of our enslavement, then God's angels will be set loose. Those angels of destruction will be set loose. And I shouldn't even call them angels of destruction because they can bring blessings or they can bring destruction according to what God wants them to do. Those immortal angels exist for only one purpose and that is to do God's will. And since God has willed that they destroy utterly these wicked people who have failed to repent, they are so hard-hearted, so stony-hearted that they have failed to repent. Therefore, God's destruction is upon them and nothing can turn it around. Do you not have eyes to see the destruction, to see the prophecy unfolding every day and becoming worse every day? Do you not have eyes to see that do you not have ears to hear the weeping and the wailing of the enemy as they see everything that they have worked for? Stolen, I shouldn't say worked for, everything that they have stolen from others. They see those things. 
being torn up and flung out into the atmosphere by tornadoes. Do you not see it? Do you not hear them wailing and weeping? Do you not see them weeping and wailing as their ill-gotten game float down a river of water in these floods. Do you not see? Do you not hear? Do you not see the reports being broadcast by population experts who are telling the world by 2050 anyone who is not African your populations will be greatly, 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 greatly diminished. Only God can do it. God has deemed that more of them will be dying than will be than will be birthed into the world. So they are well past. They are well past the point where they can come back from that any time. You are at a minus negative rate of birth. You can't come back from that. You cannot. They are unable to. In 2018, they were already worldwide, they were already at a 0.7% of population growth. That was 2018. Then COVID hit. And the evil that they meant for African people didn't happen. Oh, I heard. I heard the news prediction. They openly predicted that African people would be laid out like cordwood, dead bodies, would just be in the streets, dead bodies everywhere. But it didn't happen that way. It didn't. And they are still surprised that it did not. Even after they refused to supply African countries with a vaccine. Not only did they refuse to provide African countries with a vaccine, African presidents then asked 
permission to make their own vaccine. But America refused to give them permission to use the patent. It wasn't until the Africans said, we will create our own vaccine by creating our own, our own formula. The Western world was so shocked. It wasn't until then, way later, way later, that the West decided, well, they are capable of creating their own, which, by the way, they should have done from the beginning. Because anything coming from the West is cooked up to kill you. Not to heal you, not to prevent you from getting the disease. So they became, well, they changed their mind. An African president, our African people, have all these PhDs and MDs. What are you good for? What are you good for if you're not saving your own people? So many of you are abroad. Healing the enemy. And I understand the problem. Because our own misguided leaders in Africa have made it impossible for you to earn a living from your profession. Things have got to change. Those of us who do not change will go down with you. So they are looking with dread at the year 2050. What is that? That's only one and one half generation. Japan has officially reported in the news that by 2050, Japan will be finished its people and its culture will be gone. I know that it sounds mean of me to say, to make this next statement, but pretty soon there will be prime real estate for Africans to move into. And by so doing, we can expand the influence of Africa and African people. Beloved, the 400-year period that the enemy had to repent has come and gone. And even now, in these dark days of their existence, 
instead of repenting, they have doubled down. They have tripled down of their brutality toward African people. But let me tell you what is also happening. They don't see it. A few African people are looking at excuse me, are looking at it. The more they arbitrarily kill us, the more they arbitrarily brutalize us, the faster they are dying. the more infertility plagues them. They're not making babies. They're not birthing babies. And now, their young are dying. The more they arbitrarily kill us, the more they die the faster they die, often at the hands of their own people. Look at all these school shootings where some coward gets an automatic weapon and goes to a school to shoot up their own babies. And they can't stop it. God's hand is behind it. Look at the way they put crack cocaine into the black community here in America. But now, look at these white communities. Look at the drugs that they are taking that are turning them into zombies. Have you seen them? Have your eyes not witnessed this? So that local governments now, instead of putting them in jail the way they put our people in jail, instead of doing that, they have rescue stations. So if somebody overdoses of these drugs that whites are taking, there is a rescue station every few blocks to keep them from dying from an overdose. Have you not witnessed this zombie holocaust? They are as good as dead. Nothing can bring them back. Their own evil is revisiting them. I am certain the Chinese people are looking with interest because the Chinese had to fight an opium war. They did the Chinese the same. 
as they did Africa. Opium dens were everywhere in China. The men were all drugged up. Going to these opium dens. And the enemy did it. So that they could control China. And the Chinese fought an opium war. Google it. So you see the hand of karma. You know, Mama Karma with her scales of justice. Can you not see the divine law of the circle? You know that universal law that says whatever you send out circles back around to you. How many centuries of evil, wickedness, are they guilty of? How many billions of human beings have they slaughtered just in order to take what these people had? People who would share with them because they had nothing. Europe never had anything to trade. But African being, uh, African people, being who we are, made the mistake of sharing. And why not? Because they, in their state, they still somehow came from us. How did they come from us? Because they began to crossbreed with subhuman beings, mostly the Neanderthals and the Denise Vance. You can Google it. You don't even have to Google you see the documentaries on television all the time. Our people crossbred with them. They still carry those subhuman genes today. And some of us are so misguided, so brainwashed, so outside ourselves that we insanely believe that our offspring will somehow be an upgrade when just the opposite is true. I have shared with you the studies Showing the genetic makeup of these people. I've shown you. 
and it is university genetic experts from around the world who did the study. I've told you where you can find the study. It's still there on YouTube. But of course, we have misguided, miseducated people who don't even want to hear the truth. I've shown you where to find the study. And you can Google it. What am I talking about? I'm talking in particular in reference to the study that was done in, I think, 1995, where this group of scientists, genetic scientists, set out to create, to create a map of human intelligence. And their theoretical model was based in, grounded in, this belief, remember, beliefs are not facts. Their theoretical foundation for doing the study was the belief in the validity and the truth of white supremacy. They expected to demonstrate for all time that Caucasians were superior in intelligence than anywhere else, anyone else in the world, any other group in the world, especially Africans would be found at the last rung of human intelligence. But it didn't work out that way. They were shocked. They were shocked to find that chimpanzee, remember this is a genetic study of 116 groups, ethnic groups, on the planet Earth. And the result, the conclusion. The conclusions were that chimpanzees <coughs> have five genetic streams. Hold on. <coughs> Moving on. Caucasians and Indians. I'm sorry, Caucasians and Asians. Have six genetic streams. And hold on to your seat. They found overwhelmingly that African people have nine, that's almost double, 
mind being strength. And the very clear, transparent conclusion is that it is African people who have the highest probability of genius on the planet Earth. So these superior human beings are only one genetic, genetic stream away from a chimpanzee. And they have a little over half just a skank over half the gene stream of African people. Now they had spent too much money. They spent millions and millions of dollars on this worldwide study so they could not really hide it. But they didn't really publish it either. When you go to download the, the actual study, you will have to pay $30 to download it. I didn't do so because I knew that it was full of medical language that I couldn't understand anyway. But on YouTube, there are two African-American doctors, one is an MD, one is a PhD. They found the study and they discussed it. Now, if it had turned out the other way, had they proven that Caucasians are superior, you wouldn't be able to hear your ears. They would be putting it in music. You wouldn't be able to hear your own ears for them bragging about how much smarter they are than African people. But not a peep has come from them. Now, what you have heard coming from the scientific community, what you have heard is that human beings are one chromosome, have a one chromosome difference from a chimpanzee. They were talking about themselves. They were not talking about Africans. Or one chromosome of difference between a chimpanzee and a Caucasian or an Asian. These are the superior people that African people are looking up to who should be in the small yellow bus, you know, the school bus, the small yellow bus that is set aside for the slow folks. This is why they have to erect so many social structures to hold us back. And even then, even then, we surpass them. 
give us a half inch. Not even an inch. Give us a half inch. And we will conquer an entire mile. That's because of the God in us that they don't have. I don't care if you call it a God gene or a divine spirit. It doesn't matter what you call it. They have quantitatively proved that they are inferior. But they have lied to themselves for so long that they believe it. And now, even when they are taught that it is not true, this thing about white supremacy, they can't change. They cannot. And they are going down. And their ideals are also going down. Those ideals are dying with them. They have run their course on this earth. They are finished. But they are still holding on. And they wouldn't be able to hold on today as much as they are holding on. They wouldn't be able to do that if it were not for the black collaborators. Let me speak to those for a moment. You have betrayed your own people. You have collaborated against your own people. Do you think God doesn't know? Haven't I sort of outlined the three omnis of God? God is omniscient, all-knowing. God is omnipresent. Which means God is everywhere. God is omnipotent. Meaning, God is all-powerful. It's easy to understand God's three omnis. Because God is in every Africa. I can't speak for those other people. I'm not interested in them that way. I'm only trying to wake up my people. Because we are now in the fifth dimension, that spiritual dimension. And everyone who can't vibrate If you can't vibrate at that high a level of the fifth dimension, which is more spiritual, you can't survive. And it is what's in your heart and your mind that determines the level of your vibration. I'm trying to save your life. But if you don't intend to live, if you don't intend for your children to live, stay where you are. Remain stuck. It's your choice. 
There is a passage in the Bible that says my people perish for the lack of knowledge. But that's not the whole, that's not the whole verse. It goes on to say, and I'm not quoting, but it goes on to say that since you have rejected knowledge, and since your priest, your priesthood, your priestly religious leadership, since they have rejected knowledge and have kept you stuck in this three-dimensional low vibration lie so that you're stuck emotionally, spiritually, physically, psychologically, you're stuck. And the pity is that you want to stay stuck. But getting back to the verse, it says, since even your priesthood keep you there and you continue to listen to them, that God will no longer listen to either one of you, not to the priests. They will not be blessed. They have to pay. You also have to pay. And God said, even your children will have to pay because you have misled and miseducated them as well. You have to pay. You have to pay because the truth is all around you, but you don't have the will to accept. Okay. There are teachers all around you. But you don't have the will to listen. Okay. All right, player. Go ahead on. But we are in the fifth dimension. And God's spirit is real. And the messengers of God, the angels, they are on the move. Those angels, those immortals are found in every aspect of nature. And they are on the loose. It's payback time. Those will, with eyes will see. Those with ears will hear. If you have eyes, your physical eyes that look forward, those physical eyes are for looking. They are for looking at whatever is material. But that, sorry, that third eye, the pineal gland that is found in the midbrain, that is the eye for seeing. The physical eyes are for looking. The pineal 
is for seeing. The physical eyes look at the material. The pineal eye can see the immaterial. And maybe that's why some folks can't see. They can only look. But you see, that's not the fifth dimension of reality. You have, every African has an operational pineal gland. Those other folks don't have it. They have the gland, but the gland is calcified. It's full of it's full of crystals. It's blocked. It doesn't operate. They don't have what we have. Well, beloved, I'm going to call this session to a close. And of course, this is a platform where we begin to talk to each other after the message. So I'm going to turn off the music. The session will continue where we can talk with each other. But I have told the story. And I have given the information. Okay. Lance, are you there? He might be recording a different show. Hello, Lance. Can someone call Lance? <laughs> Beloveds, are there any comments? I don't know how he operates it from his inn. I am certain there are some comments that uh, people want to put in the chat. Lance, okay, this means I have to keep talking until Lance comes back. Can someone call him? Where's my phone? Maybe I can call him. Hold on. He is always a busy little beaver. Okay, I think I have his number. Let's see. Yes.
Ring-a-ding-ding. He's not answering. Beloved, I would appreciate it if you hit those like, share, and subscribe buttons. And I thank you again. Okay, Lance is off to the side, probably recording. Okay. Lance? <laughs> this is embarrassing. So what do you think, beloved? I've got to wait for him to come back. I don't know. Maybe he's on sitting on the throne, you know in the smallest the smallest room in his house sitting on that throne who can tell so beloved what do you think about the story i just thought it would be something different if i tell that story as an interpretation of Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14. A lot of people are triggered by it. Sorry, we have the power to do this. If they had the carcassity to take our, our original material, our originally recorded knowledge and twist it and turn it so that it's upside down and backwards and inside out. Oh, we have the same power. We can tell stories our way. And it's nobody else's business except our own. And more of us are doing that scientifically. I'm an educator and I'm a storyteller. I write plays. I produce plays. I've produced four of them. I have written a screenplay. And I'm looking for the right producer to produce that screenplay. I have been made an offer here, and I turned them down. You see, all money ain't good money. All money ain't good money. It is not. 
and receiving bad money, signing contracts to receive bad money, is what gets us in trouble. No. Let me not sign and maintain my integrity. I have a habit of turning down money. I don't need bad money. I don't want bad money. I don't want that kind of frustration and aggravation and enslavement in my life. You see, whenever I write a play, whether it's a stage play or a screenplay, it's meant to educate my people. And I don't care who doesn't like what is said in the play. And of course, those people never like it because it wakes up my people, our people. Think about how many artists in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, they died broke. They were broke when they died. They had no money. Most of them had no money left for their children and grandchildren. But the ones who presented the contract to them, they are the ones who are still getting money. You know, the oldies but goodies. They place their names. Somehow they, they put themselves into the copyright. The artists themselves who wrote the music and sang the songs, created the music and everything, they wrote themselves out of their own copyrights. So that the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren and the great-great-grandchildren of those who did nothing but produce whatever artistry that was created, it is their children, generation after generation, their children are still reaping the financial, the economic benefits of what they did not create. So when I am confronted or presented with such a contract, because they have never changed. Those people have never changed. Their approach has never changed. Their traps have never changed. Why should they change when, out of desperation, we keep signing the contracts? It doesn't make sense. So I refuse to sign. I put it in the drawer. I don't mind. I don't regret it. But what they did was to let me know 
that in that particular place they were very interested. They wanted it. They still want it. I ain't giving it to them. I'm not signing. No. I may not know everything, but at least I don't have stupid stamped across my forehead. I'm not that desperate because I know whatever I need, the universe is going to provide it to me. So let it sit. I have a screenplay that I refuse to sign on with one of those producers. You know, producers among them folks. Because I knew they will hate that play. I'm sorry, they will hate that screenplay. They will hate the characters. They will hate the history that is presented. They will absolutely be fearful of the spirituality that is embedded within that screenplay. It's a hell of a script. Yes, I'm bragging on myself. Why should I not? If I don't blow my own horn, who will? I have a trumpet. I don't mind blowing it. And somewhere along the way, I know that there is a producer waiting for my screenplay. Lance, are you there yet? Where did yes. he go? <laughs> <I'm> right here. <laughs> I was talking about you. I said, <laughs> you were either off to the side, cutting your own video, or you might be in the smallest room in your house sitting on the throne. <laughs> I was all over. I do, I do, I do my little rounds, I do my little checks. No problem. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I have told the story. I have had a chat. Are there any uh, comments? Divine Feminine Dancing. And she writes, do we need to do anything to activate our pineal gland? Blessings to you for this amazing session. Yes, we do need to do something. But it's not necessarily to activate our pineal gland, but to elevate the energies, the vibrations, that our pineal gland gives off. You have an active pineal gland. If you are African, you already have it. But what is your mindset? That's what elevates your vibrations. You see, God is all mind, M-I-N-D. God is all mind. 
And so, the more we learn, the closer to God we become. That's the secret. And the situation is you don't you don't do research, you don't study, you don't read just for the sake of reading, not just for the sake of learning something and being able to recite and memorize. That's not real learning. When you study, when you research, whatever you find out, it's you're studying with the idea or the goal of drawing closer to God. The more we learn about ourselves and our history, who we are as a people, what powers were we given as a people, what is our anatomical makeup that reveals physically how we are connected with the divine. What is our genetic makeup that gives evidence of who we are in connection with the divine? That's how we elevate. Because the more we do that with keeping God in mind, keeping our people in mind, keeping the upliftment of our people in mind, the closer we draw to God. God is everywhere because we are everywhere. God knows everything because God is inside us knowing every thought we have. Every desire of our hearts, God knows it. Every bit of suffering that we experience, God knows it. God is continuously updated because God is within us. From the computers and these other gadgets, you know about updating. If you understand computers, you understand God. So thank you so much for that question. It's an important question. Why do we study? Every day of my life, I'm looking into, I'm studying something about who my people are. Because when I do that, then that's teaching me who I am. The pineal gland is there. So what we study, what we deliberate on, our thoughts, our discoveries, all those things are continuously upgrading the Godhood in us. We are teaching God. Remember, we human beings 
our spirits wrapped in flesh, which is necessary because we are born into a three-dimensional reality here on earth. But everything changes. Everything. The entire universe, the entire cosmos is speeding up. Not only in physical speed related to how fast the planets are moving outward. So it's a physical speed as well as a vibrational speed. It was during Einstein's lifetime that he created the theory of curved space. What is that? How did it come about? At one time, Western scientists believed Sorry to interrupt you. I'm going to step away for like five minutes. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. At one time, Western scientists believed that they could explore the outer universe, and they discovered it's impossible. It's impossible to do it physically. They discovered it because they shot a light beam into outer space, and it went very far, but then it got to one point, and it began to curve. And thus they came up with the understanding that we, on earth, physically, we are confined within the Milky Way galaxy. So that beam of light began to curve and come back. So he had this theory. He created this theory of curved space. Now, I'm not a physicist, but the more I read, the more I research, the more I am told in the research of these experts that everything in the universe is circular. Everything from the maxi to the mini, from the largest structure to the smallest, it's curved. We are trapped. But getting back to the third and the fifth dimensions, and remember the fourth dimension here on earth is not physical. Only the third dimension is physical. Once you get to the fourth dimension, that is the concept of time. But time is a human creation. It was made up so that we could understand some things. 
but with the fourth dimension, we are already experiencing. With time, we are already experiencing the fourth dimension, which is a, a human concept. So as we go into the fifth dimension, now these are really high vibrations. And the vibrations keep up with the physical speed of the universe as it expands. Another thing that scientists discovered is that you cannot get to the end of the universe, period. And with that realization, modern scientists, not just Western, modern scientists, period, had to come to agreement with the ancient African knowledge. That ancient African knowledge which says categorically that the entire cosmos is feminine. Modern scientists agree. And that agreement is recent. Why do they say so? Because the universe gives birth continuously. The universe is black. You know, like African women of different shades of black. The universe is feminine and black. Outer space is completely black. And the universe continuously gives birth to new planets, new stars, new this, new that, so they can never get to the end of the universe itself because the universe keeps giving birth, keeps making babies. This is also why in African knowledge it is said that African women are Mother God's earthly representatives. Now, people need to sit on that one a long time to understand. Because we have been in this patriarchy, this, this patriarchy of white supremacy and all that nonsense. It's real nonsense, by the way. We've been in it for so long. For many people, it's hard to make the switch. And that's what I mean when I say these people came out of a material, a material experience. Being in the ice age for so long, they ended up hating nature because they suffered for so long from nature. They hate, 
they ended up hating women and seeing women as not being consequential in any respect. Why is that? Because in that ice age existence, women were reduced to just cooking. There was no hunting and, well, there was hunting. There was no gathering. There was no vegetation. The ice that coated the earth was above the treetops. So females were reduced to just cooking and taking care of babies. So they didn't respect women. And since they were always at a starving, they were always starving. Sometimes they couldn't come back with, from a hunt with anything. And as they began to starve, since they figured women were disposable, they started killing women food. They started with the old women. But sometimes they became so desperate that they were killing the younger women as well. I don't know about the children, but I do know that on those caves during the Ice Age, you will see drawings of women and most of the time, it is pregnant women that are depicted in those cave drawings. All right, when you look at these pictures, drawings of pregnant women with big bellies, right? At the same time, you see hatch marks, knife marks on the rib cage in that area of the drawing. Okay, that's the artistic thing. But what are they portraying? What were they portraying? Well, the paleontologists, once they started examining the skeletal remains, they found two things. They found teeth marks on the rib bones, and they found knife, knife marks on the rib bones, which indicates they were killing those women, eating them, you know, like barbecued ribs. There was the evidence. And it was Dr. James Small who pointed out the fact that if a group that was surviving through that ice age, if they continued to starve, they were killing these women, I knew that. They were butchering these women, I knew that. But Dr. Small took it to the next level. And it was a level I had not thought about. 
How did homosexuality begin? He surmised that when they were reduced in these small little groups during the Ice Age, when there were no women left, men began to pleasure each other. This is where it started. It makes perfect common sense. If we move along several centuries and look at the culture of Rome, what do we find? We find a culture where men held no regard for women. Women were just for making babies. And if a man was in love with a woman or even his wife, he was considered abnormal. Look at the statuary. Most of the time, it's the bodies, the naked bodies of men. Wow. And why did they prey upon or select during the Ice Age? Why did they select pregnant women? They selected pregnant women because if you are starving and this woman is pregnant, that's just another mouth to be fed. So she becomes an added burden. She's a burden. Now there's a burden on top of the regular burden. So they would kill them. Coming up to now. I've done programs in some different states, right? Where I was teaching. And at one point, I started discussing, because the, the class was, it was connected with African culture and this and that and the other. And it was specifically for women. The program was for women. And I sort of pointed out some of these things about Caucasians going through the Ice Age and their relation, the Caucasian men's relation to Caucasian women. And I got to the point where I discussed pregnant women being killed because they became, well, yeah, because they became pregnant. And the class, I've done that particular class about three times. And the same thing happened every time. The atmosphere in the classroom changed immediately. What was the outcome? 
white women talked about how very often when they become pregnant, it triggers a white man's, their white partners, their white husbands, it triggers them to start doing violence. He will begin to punch them in the stomach. He will knock them down, kick them, and stop them in the stomach to get rid of that baby, even if it kills her. That's what I learned. This is Caucasian culture. These are the people that Africans, many Africans, want to emulate. On the continent, when a woman gets pregnant, her husband doesn't even want her to carry her own purse. He is that protective. So if you see a man carrying a woman's purse, that's the reason. He is already protective, but now he is doubly protected, super protected, because she is carrying precious cargo. These two examples are 180 degrees apart from each other. If you want to know how a culture develops, go back hundreds of thousands of years and look at how these cultures evolved. Then you will begin to know and understand why they do the things they do. You can look at their traditions. You can look at their values. What is the highest value in Western cultures? Money. They will do anything for money. And now, we have taken on that same value. Remember, values are the highest ideals of a culture. And why would they not value money? Because money can buy things. Money can buy material things. Money can buy power. When it comes to power, look at the five features of Caucasian culture. Hmm? Racism. The belief in white supremacy. Sexism. The belief that males are superior to females. What did I say? Sexism. um, Sorry. Racism. Sexism. Imperialism. The belief that because of their religious teaching, they have the right to rule everyone who is not Caucasian. Hegemony or hegemony, whichever way you want to pronounce it. What is that? The belief that because of their religions, they have the right to impose their religions and impose their culture upon the rest of the world. 
last but not least, is violence. Whatever you want, whether it is yours or not, you can take it by violence. And you can use your religion to validate your violence. You can do your violence and your evil in the name of your God. But apparently their God is not around now. Now that God's vengeance and nature's vengeance is upon them. Their God has not appeared from the sky on a cloud to save them. Lance, are you back? Yes. <laughs> Been back for a while. <laughs> I'm just rattling on now. Okay. <laughs> so I'm done. <laughs> Stick a fork <laughs> in me. I'm ready to listen. I'm I'm ready to uh, check out the comments. I really want right. to see it. Yes. Okay. Abolia Valetti. Okay, Dr. Ade, what's the best time for us to be talk talking? Maybe that's taking our spiritual baths. That's my question. Abolia, any time is the time for spiritual baths. Why? Because as we go through our daily routines, we are brushing up against people with low vibrations. We are talking to people with low vibrations. We are touching and we are allowing these people to touch us. These people with low vibrations. And some of them have vibrations so low that they are just, you know, they've reached the evil level. So it is always a good time to take spiritual baths. And there is a concern that I have. I used to do this work. I haven't done it for some time. Spiritual baths for women who have been raped. When you rape a young girl or a woman. You've done something, you've done some serious spiritual damage to that individual. And it wasn't until men, especially these football players, something like 20 years ago, they began to, they began to reveal especially football players, sports figures, they began to reveal that they have been raped. 
Then and not until then were men able to identify themselves with the harm that is done by someone invading their inner bodily space. It's a serious thing that will affect a female for life. In Africa, we have special baths. And I understand that in Africa, I haven't seen it done. I, that's one of the things I'm going to be looking into. That kind of healing, it becomes a spiritual problem. And it has to be done by women, not men. No man can be involved in that. So such women who are victims of rape have been spiritually damaged, psychologically damaged for a lifetime. And it takes these spiritual baths to lift that off her so that she can be whole again. Yeah, thank you so much. That is a very important question. Spiritual baths? Oh, yes. And we can take spiritual baths for all different kinds of reasons. For protection. For healing. Those are the two most important ones for protection and for healing. Next. Raw reality. Wow, I respect that name. He says, uh, true that, Dr. Adi. Most of the Greco-Roman statues are of naked men. And boys, yes. Where are the naked women statues? They are hard to find. It's only men. And whenever I think of these Greek and Roman statues, I think of the statue of David <laughs> and his uh, <clears throat> little ding-a-ling. African boy babies from birth are born... With more than that. My goodness. But this statue of David is considered the epitome of male physical beauty. They didn't care anything about women. They still don't. Thank you, Raw Reality. Another important question. I'm always impressed by questions like these and comments like these because it it tells me that our people are thinking you're not just quoting some verse in somebody's holy book thinking god is all mind god gives us good minds to think to learn 
to develop knowledge. But some of us are contented to just go along with the beliefs. Remember, beliefs are not facts. They are not. They can become facts. If you have a belief and you find evidence that says, oh, this is true. Yeah. But then it's no longer a belief. It's a fact. And from learning facts and being able to take what seems like unrelated facts and weave them together, then you are developing knowledge. If God is all mind, how do we gain God's respect? By using our minds. And yet these wicked people have put passages in their holy books talking about, um, I can't quote it, I, I just have to paraphrase it, something about man's knowledge or human knowledge is as foolishness to, to God. What kind of nonsense? What kind of bullshit? Oh, I'm sorry. What kind of BS is that? It's BS. Who cannot respect knowledge? So we want to just be like fools walking the earth, not knowing anything, and believing that our ignorance is somehow praised by God. What, what BS is that? Okay, next Ebony Black. Hi, Ebony. Thanks so much, Dr. Ade Takumbo, for the quality of information and research materials given. My dear, I try. I do my best. It's one of my greatest sacrifices to learn is a great sacrifice. Why? Because number one, it takes up time. Time is precious. Once it is spent, you can never get it back. Time is costly because we have to research. Even if we're just Googling, we're paying that internet bill. So time and treasure. I'm still, it takes treasure, money to buy those books. I have how many boxes of, of books in my library? I had, when I went to Liberia, I had my own research library. And I shipped at my own expense 60 boxes of research books. Cutting edge. That could refer to any discipline in academia. 
I donated my library to the Liberian people. Okay, now I'm back home since 2013, and I'm buying books all, all over again. When I was in graduate school, from the time I started my master's degree, I would sacrifice my food money to buy used books. That's how I built my library. I'm at it again because I cannot live without doing research. It's a part of my life. It's, it goes along with God's expectations of me. How can I be useful to my people if I don't know anything? Anyone can get in a pulpit and just, you know, manipulate emotions and you know what I'm talking about. And that's all right to bring in the passion of the Holy Spirit. That's fine. But in the meantime, have you taught? Teach something first. And then integrate it with the emotionality of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit steps in, it heals. It also teaches. It's the same in African spirituality. It's the same spiritual possession. The Holy Spirit is another Orisha that has always been in existence. It has its own songs. It has its own dance. In African spirituality, each Orisha has his or her own song, its own rhythm, its own dance. And it, or they, come down and possess human beings momentarily, the same as the Holy Spirit. There is no difference. But we are taught that if it's African, it's got to be evil. What nonsense. And we go along with it. These newcomers to humanity, newcomers. We are truly lost. Too many of us are truly lost. Self-hatred. We hate ourselves. So, of course, we hate everyone else that looks like us, where it's supposed to be self-affirming. It's supposed to be affirming, to enjoy, to be drawn to. The presence of people who look like yourself. But we have this pathology. It's a real pathology. If someone looks like us, it's someone to be feared and hated. That's because we fear and hate ourselves. We fear this supposed evil that is inborn with us, just us. 
So you're lost if you believe that. Psychological studies of group behaviors have been done for years. You find a gathering of a mixed ethnic gathering of human beings. Just give them some time within the space of maybe two hours if they have spaces that have not been assigned. You will see groups of the same ethnic group begin to gather. Except for people of African descent. We always want to get in and mix in with people who are not like us. And we think it gives us a boost in status or image or some kind of tomfoolery. When we look around, we, we no one is doing this except us. We want to claim lineage in so many other groups. They ain't inviting you to the family reunion. Just show up one day. You know what will happen to your behind. Maybe you'll make it out alive and maybe you won't. And you ignore the funny stares that you get. You know, most of them are giving you the side eye. And you act as if you don't see it. How demeaning. But that's us. Thank you, dear, for the question. Next. Raw reality. Okay. When they sign, when they say, sign your life away, they were not lying. True. You are signing your life away when dealing with the entertainment industry. Lord have mercy. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you sign your life away is when you sign that contract. They offered me a contract that would enslave me for life. They use language like into perpetuity. That's the word they use, which means forever. I would be tied to them if they just produce one plate and offer me pennies but they will make big dollars off it. When I sign, I'm tied to them with that particular plate for life. From then on, it's my material, my copyright. But whatever I want to do after that one time 
that they produce that play. I have to come and consult them and ask permission. And every time I produce the play without them or get it produced without them, I have to mention them, but not just them. I have to mention their donors. What? Into perpetuity. So, I'm your slaver. Huh? This is what they do. This is how they undermine the artist's copyright. So they are controlling it behind the scenes. And I'm supposed to fall for that okie doke After three months of so-called negotiations, I just cut it off. Go to hell. Just go to hell. No, I'm not interested in you. Even if they were, in fact, in three months' time, they never wanted, and I have not mentioned who this is, but in three months' time, they never agreed to change even one comma, even after the people, attorneys and everything in the guild, because I belong to all these guilds, right? Yeah, Raw reality, it's a sophisticated way of enslaving you, these devious, evil monsters. After three months, after the attorneys and business people looked over the contract, and I asked them to break it down sentence by sentence, and they did. And I got back to them, well, how about this and this and this? Oh, they always had a good excuse. They never agreed to change even a comma. What they said was, just sign. We can work that out later. What? They almost made me lose my religion because I wanted to invite them to a precious part of my body. But they probably would have enjoyed it. I just cut it off. Yes, that's exactly what they do. They enslave you. I've got to come to you with hat in hand and ask you, well, I'm interested in maybe going to Marvel Comics or this, or this, that, and the other, and they have to agree. They can agree. They can disagree. But look at what they will do. Since it is so strongly skewed toward uplifting African people all over the planet, I know this is what they will do with it. They will either shelve it so that it will never be seen, never be, be produced. They have the power to do that once I sign. Even if they produce it, the main character who is a black female, will be presented as, by, by somebody, uh, uh, an actor,
sister who is light, bright, damn near white. Not authentically black, right? Not having natural hair. Not being not only beautiful, but what is that word? Fulsome. <laughs> you know, full body, not fat, but full body, curvy. Baby got butt, all that stuff. No, 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 they're going to fight me. All of that. Look at what they did to Cleopatra. And that's what they will do. They will change the whole meaning and goal of the film, which is to wake people up. Look at what they did with Black Panther. Who became the hero of the story in Black Panther? The white boy. The white CIA agent. What? That group of murderers is going to save black people. What most people don't understand, don't know about, is that with black films, most often they force the writer to put one white person in that film. It can never be all black. Got to have at least one white actor. And he is the one that they chose to be the real hero of that story. So he flies in at the end. What? A white CIA agent? Lord have mercy. He's the real hero of the story. He's the one who comes to dun-da-da-dun, save the day. Thank you for that. I'm so impressed with these questions and comments. Thank you. Next. Okay, Raw. <laughs> That's why a lot of these celebrities become heavy drug addicts, alcohol addicts, sex addicts. Gambling at addicts, etc. Absolutely. And the first thing they do is to sign, after they sign the contract, now they're invited to all these freaky deaky parties. Parties. For everything and anything goes on. Now they've got something on you. And this is why they can get these men to be wearing dresses. They don't do it to white men. And black men, some of them are, are appearing in public with a dress on or a skirt. What the hell is wrong? Where are our men? Where are y'all at? What woman is going to respect you? What woman will look upon you with respect? And you're wearing a dress. This is pitiful. And of course, they're doing it against their will. So yes, 
They begin to drink. They begin to use drugs. They start gambling. Yes, all the above. You're correct. Next. Gina G. Okay, Gina. That's why Prince wrote slave on his cheat face before they got his <laughs> before they got his behind up out of here. What is a cheat face? I'm not familiar with that. But I do know that Prince woke up somewhere along the line. For about a year, he promoted himself as the artist with no name. What he did was to get power back. He took his power back. And he outsmarted them. He did it in such a way that they couldn't come back after him. But what is a cheat face? Next. Thank you, Gina. Oh, he wrote slave on his face. On the cheek of his face. Thank you for that. Yeah, okay. Thank you for that explanation, Gina. Yeah, you see how we educated, how we educate each other. Okay, Gina, again, where are our men? They are up on, oh God, they are up under another man. This is so sad. And the bad part about it is a lot of these men are living double lives and putting the lives of women at risk. What am I talking about? You cannot go up into the butthole of a man and then come back. We know the bacteria and everything that's in feces, right? And then he goes into a woman and infects her with all this disease. So it puts women's lives at risk. I don't understand it. Not at all. But I do understand the trickery behind they're trying to force certain things, cultural changes upon African presidents. And if they don't accept it, then they are placed under sanctions. Praise God that some of these presidents are telling the Western powers, you can sanction me all you want. We're not having it in Africa. Sanction all you want. What is this? $60 million, I think it is, they are offering to African presidents to accept this 
flag, this rainbow flag and all its practices, right? How does that contribute to African development? Not a factory, not a school, nothing. Just accept this, 60 million. And of course, who knows where the 60 million will go? Has Africa been developed? No. Let me shut up on that one. <laughs> because it's their business, right? But it goes to the problem that we have when we have leaders who don't care. Anything can happen to the people as long as they get rich. It has to stop. It has to stop. Thank you, Gina. Tracy J, what scares everyone about black people knowing about ourselves and unifying? We are the only ones that they do that way. Uh, yes, because we are the only ones with enslaved minds. That's why we are the only ones with leaders who have been groomed in Europe to have allegiance to Europeans and not to African people. They have been groomed to believe anything in Europe is superior to anything in Africa. Don't worry about Africa. We will see to that you, the leader, are well kept. You will have everything. You will be able to fly private jets and everything. But how do you do that? How do you drive these fancy cars through your country and you see your own babies starving? And how long do you think that it will go on? Now, a revolution has started through the Sahel of Africa. And every African leader is now afraid because these young people are not going for the okie-doke. Thank you, Tracy. That's the problem. M. Lola, a man with a man can't bring life, just like a woman with a woman can't bring life. So this is why I question when some say women were here first. Then how did life come about? Wow. Lola, this is an ex excellent question. How did life come about? And you can Google it. Life on planet Earth started with the female of every species. There was no male. For hundreds and hundreds, I think millions, I have to look at my research again, but I've lectured on it before. Only the female species existed. 
female human beings, for example, created the Y chromosome much later, somewhere along that extremely long evolutionary period. The development of human beings got to the point where the female human, the female that was evolving into human, humanity, into human beings, since the babies take so long before they can become independent. You know, you watch the animals. As soon as they are born, they are up on their feet, doing this, doing that, eating. Not so with human beings. The baby is born helpless and stays helpless for some years. Even after the baby is born, it is still feeding off its mother's body, right? Somewhere along the line, she, the African women, because Africans are the only human beings, but she needed a protector and a provider. If she were to carry the offspring with her, it would slow down her foraging for food and maybe put both of them in danger. If she were to leave the offspring and go forage for food more efficiently, something is going to eat the offspring before she gets back. So from her own will, listen to me very carefully. This is the power of African women to reproduce without male sperm. And we can still do it. That's what a clone is. is it is an offspring created without sperm. Once her body finds itself with one human cell made up of 46 chromosomes, her body goes into action, creates the blastocyst, which becomes a fetus, which becomes a baby, and it gets born. Now, if it is done without sperm, the offspring will be a carbon copy of the mother. Every strand of hair will be a carbon copy. That is still done. It is also done with female plants. You see, the, the universal law of gender is there, calling for male and female. But it's the female that has the potential to produce both. Think of pregnancy. How does it happen? Anyone who does not believe in evolution, I don't know what to say about them, because it's recreated. The whole process is recreated every time a woman gets pregnancy and brings a baby to term. How does it start? 
from one cell, 46 chromosomes, right? 23 from the mother, 23 from the father. They come together, boom. It creates a blastocyst. Okay, the fetus starts to develop. Right away, the parents want to know, is it going to be a boy or a girl? And the doctor says, we don't know. We don't know because every baby that is conceived is conceived as a girl baby. Recreating that whole evolutionary process. It starts as a girl. It starts as an XX chromosome. What happens? You have to wait for six weeks before a switch goes on if a Y chromosome is to be created to make that a boy baby. And I've already done a video, more than one, outlining the entire developmental process so it'll be another five hours if I go into that. Everything a man has starts off because of what a female has in her body. Everything. Ev <laughs> they say everything is everything. Okay. What happens from the sheer will? of our ancient mothers. One little leg of one X breaks off and becomes a Y. That's how the male got started. And he is always the weaker one because he loses genes. The average X chromosome, each one of them, and she has two. The male has one X and one Y. The female is always self-contained with two Xs. Each X chromosome carries about 900 genes. Once one leg of that one X breaks off and it becomes a Y, it shrinks to one-third the size. Now that shrinkage also means that he has lost the majority of the genes that were originally in the X. Where each X has about 900 genes. The Y chromosome from its beginning has only about 70. That's a big difference, a huge difference. Only about 70. Compare 70 to 900. So the male, the male baby coming out of the womb, 
has a handicap and is not self-contained. The females are self-contained. The males are not. The female baby in its development by the time that child is going into puberty the female takes off and leaves the male child behind. He never catches up. Females live longer. The male sex drive declines at age 19. Tops. The female sex drive doesn't decline until after she's in her 30s. Now these are facts. Ask anyone in the medical profession. Okay. It's mysterious. No one knows how African women did it, but they did. They willed the man, the male, into existence. Does that give you more insight into that old, old, ancient saying, I brought you into the world and I can take you out. Women, by sheer will, can eliminate males. Let males keep being abusive. Let our African males keep doing all this trash talk about us. They don't know who they are playing with. They have reduced themselves to the understanding of a white boy. You have no understanding. You have no knowledge because you, you hate yourself. And then you hate the woman that gave, gave you birth. What's wrong with you? Every African knows that if you abuse a woman, an African woman, you will pay for it. African women are God's earthly representative. Every scientist knows. And since they know they have classified and categorized women, period, as having a direct connection with nature. Direct. Men have an indirect connection with nature. He is there for two reasons. To protect and to provide. If you are not doing that, there is no reason for a male to exist. But I understand because... These, these, these alien scriptures have told you 
and you've gone along with it, they've told men that they are everything. They have even told men that they created women. How? How can a male create a female? It's impossible. And it has led to the present pathology that men can somehow go to a medical doctor and get chopped up and have a vagina. You ain't got no vagina. What you have is a Barbie cup. You don't have a vagina. Where are the tubes and everything and the valves and whatever? At the other end of that vagina that brings in all the enzymes that can kill any um, chemicals coming through the sperm, keeping the vagina and the womb healthy. You don't have anything. You got a Barbie cup. A Barbie cup, that's it. So now they have gone from wanting a Barbie cup to having a womb implant. What? You see the pathology. That begins from that creation story that says men are at the top of the line. Men created women. Okay. If you could do it then, you could do it now. It's impossible. And I don't care how you go to a chop shop and get yourself all butchered up and get shot up with with female hormones so that you can develop breasts and everything. Okay, you want to nurse a child, right? What kind of poison is coming through there, through that nipple? Huh? Who would give their baby to a man who has been butchered up and shot up to, for this man to nurse it just because something that looks like milk is coming through that nipple. All these male hormones are poisoning that stuff. It's a pathology. Thank you for that question. Yes, M. Lola. A male produces sperm his entire life and can impregnate many women during the, okay, a woman can only get pregnant once a year and she stops having eggs at a certain point. Yes, we women are born with every egg that they will ever produce. At a certain age, those eggs, hold on, <laughs> let me answer one question at a time. Those eggs become old and it isn't good for her to have birth after that. Okay. Male sperm. Well, male sperm is in trouble right now. It is in trouble because it is very much reduced. The sperm is reduced and the sperm is damaged. 
they're doing these studies and they can ejaculate but the sperm is damaged some of it is so damaged the sperm doesn't even know which direction to run in so it's you know dizzy and going backwards and sideways and all kinds of things so the sperm is very weak the Y chromosome is very weak and it is shrinking all the time. And I believe, it's my opinion, it's because of male abuse. It is shrinking. And the sperm is low in count and all of that. In their weakened condition, that is what causes men to die before women. It has always been so. More women are born as females and more women survive their husbands without war or anything like that. If he never goes to war, it's just because he is genetically weaker. Okay, now you ask, women generally live longer than men because they are actually living off men men's life force through his sperm lord no no forget that not true not true women do not live off men's sperm what is she drinking it i don't know what that means because only one sperm can enter her egg. The rest of them die. And her protective flow, her, um, the rest of them die. So they are no longer in her. So that can't be true. It can't. And even if she were to drink it, <laughs> Oh. Everything, all those gases and everything in her stomach would kill it. No, that can't be true. Okay. Next. Lola again. Okay. I like your questioning spirit. I like these questions. Okay, so you ask. Respect, respectfully. Ancient Egypt which was the highest development of Africa, says that man and woman were created at the same time. That is the balance of Ma'at. You're half right, but only half right. Number one, ancient Egypt was not the highest development of Africa. It was the most sophisticated portrayal of African knowledge. If you're talking about development, it was the Africans far to the south that taught the Egyptians what they knew. How do we know this? Evidence. The Egyptians kept records saying that it was the Twa people 
of South Africa, who were the most learned high priests at the time, came to live with those people in Kemet. And before you talk about Egypt or Kemet, you have to first talk about Ethiopia. Because it was the people of Ethiopia that colonized the region that we now call Egypt. You see, for millions of years, that region of Africa that we call Kemet, where Egypt was underwater. But due to the flooding of the Nile River annually, the river, you know, every time it overflows or floods, it brings a lot of silt that builds up. So after a while, that region was above sea level for a long time. Now, for a long time, people were there, but they didn't have that kind of government structure that was present in Ethiopia. The Ethiopian people can take you all through that whole thing. They are the ones who developed Kemet, and they sent their people into that region to, specifically to develop a government structure that was similar to their own. So don't just look at Kemet. The people of Kemet, which was Egypt, Nubia, which was Sudan, and Kush, which was Ethiopia, right? The people of Kush developed a government system before the people of Ethiopia, and the people of Ethiopia had a government system that is older than Kemet or Egypt. The people of Nubia, and by the way, they are all the same people that just spread out. And for that reason, the people of Nubia in the Sudan even ruled Egypt and saved, saved Egypt's behind more than once. So when we look at Egypt, it looks very romantic and sophisticated, so people like to refer to it as being the height of African development. No, you have to go back hundreds of thousands of years before Egypt. Those are the people who handed down the knowledge and the understanding to the people of Egypt. And then it was in their divine destiny as a nation to create it into classical, develop it to its classical stage. So it was very sophisticated on all that. When you think about African knowledge and culture, think of a straight line going across, a straight timeline. And when it comes to certain nations that we see now, think of them as little blips 
along the way. That's the way we have to look at Kemet or Egypt. It is knowledge and understanding and philosophy and civilization that was developed all along the way. And this one group took it and did something spectacular. But the knowledge and everything continues until today. So when you are studying African people, African culture, African knowledge, you can start from either direction. You can go from ancient times, prehistorical times, up to the time of Egypt. You can go from the time of Egypt and go back. You can go from the time of Egypt and still go forward. Because it continues. Without Egypt, it still continues. It is still maintained. So you can't say that it's the highest development of Africa. We can only say it is the highest... Um, of what? It is the most sophisticated representative of our culture and our history, not the history, but our culture and spirituality. But that's the most we can say. Kemet was not different. It was the same. It was only depicted on a higher aesthetic level. That's it. In Lola, women have certain powers a man doesn't have. True. Men have certain powers a woman does not have. True. They are different. That's why we are considered, not considered, we are created as complementary opposites. A woman has her strengths and weaknesses. A man has his strengths and weaknesses. Where a woman has weaknesses, a man has strengths. Where a man has weaknesses, a woman has strengths. So that we mesh, we dovetail each other. Hormonally, sexually, that's the way we were created. That's the way it's supposed to be. And that's those are that is the way African societies operated under African matriarchies. That's where we had balance until these barbarians came in and messed up everything. But you are correct. Each of us have have different powers. The whole world knows. The whole spiritual world knows that women are more spiritual than men. It is also known in Africa, they even have proverbs about it, that women are better suited for leadership. Since men do not give birth to society, only women give birth to every human being in society.
After giving birth, she nurtures them, even from her own body. Since she gives birth to them and nurtures them for years, until they are adults and can do for themselves, a woman is naturally more concerned about the human beings in society than men. Once a man shoots his wad, he's done. Remember, he only has two roles. To protect and to provide. That is it. But when this western, northern patriarchy forced its way in, that's when the world has been in trouble ever since. Just look at it right now. I don't have to do any arguing. Just look at it. Under male leadership, look at a country like, oh, what is it? Rwanda with President Kagame. He intentionally knows the power of women and the power of men, the influence of women and the influence of men. And for that reason, 55%, he's in Rwanda, 55% of his cabinet, when he took over as president, he made 50% of his cabinet females. And look at the way his country took off. Overnight. Because he followed the ancient knowledge of the powers of women and the powers of men. Men were created to fight. Women were created to create civilization. Women are always building things up. You turn men loose, they tear down. Fighting, they tear down every damn thing that has been built up. Don't you see it? Stevie Wonder can see it. Okay. Lola, M. Lola says, I respectfully disagree, Dr. Ade, to say that man's existence is only to protect and provide for women. Okay. What were they created for? Tell me. I don't mind your disagreement, but tell me. Okay. Imlola says, I practice Nigerian spirituality just like you and were taught differently. Okay. By whom? By whom? Were you taught by African traditionalists, by maybe the Ifa priests? Who were you taught by? She says, come on, Dr. Ade, that is subjective. No, it isn't. It's, it's an objective question. She says, also in Nigeria, they say wherever men go, women will follow. 
I don't know what that means. This means men are the leaders. What does, what do you call a leader? What do you call a leader? I am talking objectively. I can do that because I have done the research. So who is speaking subjectively and who is speaking who is speaking objectively and who is speaking subjectively? Which which one of us? So tell me because you didn't answer my first question. Now I have another question. What are the qualities of a leader? Can you really, when you look at Nigeria, who are the real leaders? What are they leading people to? Who are they taking care of? Please, please think about what you are saying. Think about what you are believing. Okay, she says, or I don't know if this is a male or a female. In traditional African societies, women were the best advisors, but not the leaders, because their emotional nature will make them do or not do things that are needed or not needed to be done. Let's unpack that. You say women are the best advisors. If they are the best advisors, why is Niger- and, and, and why is Nigeria why is Nigeria not listening to the women? Why are the so-called leaders? What is a leader? You are still not telling me what is a leader. How do you know a leader when you see one? How do you know? What's wrong with having an emotional nature? You mean to care for human beings? That's emotional. To care for human beings makes you somehow inferior. You're still not answering the question, Imlola. You practice Ifa, so do I. Nigeria is not being run by traditional society. It is colonial government. Well, if you know about colonial government and your country is being ruled, controlled by a colonial government, you are admitting right there that you're not in your own culture. Nothing wrong with an emotional nature, but when decisions need to be made, sometimes emotions make you do the wrong thing. But you have still not explained to me your definition of a leader. How do you know one when you see one? And if women are the best advisors, 
Why is no one taking their advice? You're not answering. You keep skirting around the questions. I am asking. I am speaking objectively. And I am asking for objective questions from you. But you keep skirting around it. So who is it doing the wrong things? Is it the best advisors? Or not? You have to look objectively to your own African culture in Nigeria. Okay, a leader is a person or persons who can take others from point A to point Z in the most beneficial way for all involved. Okay. Is that happening? If the best advisors... No, let me say this in a different way. The best advisors should be the best leaders. If you don't pick the best advisors, you choose the worst advisors, then what happens? I'm talking about in real time, in real life. The advisors are ignored. Oh, they're too emotional. Let's go to the other people who don't have the best advice. That will be our best choice. So where do you end up? Okay. You say that men are here to to protect and to provide for women. So why do women then need protection from men? Because the nature of men causes us to need protection from other men. Not only that, there are wild animals. There are all kinds of things that can kill you, harm you, do all kinds of bad things. That's life. So, they were created to protect and to provide. And you still have not told me what what other things they are supposed to do as designed from the universe. She goes on to ask, why then that women fail or lose their man and their loving children to slavery. This is Max, no, this is Max Sino. Have you studied history? Have you studied the history of Africa? Have you studied how it was African male traditional leaders who sold their own their own people off. It was men. 
Have you forgotten or are you ignorant of the fact that there were female warriors who fought against it? <laughs> okay. The nature of men is to lead. Okay, to lead into what? The nature of women is to nurture and follow. Well, if you believe that, you believe it. But remember, beliefs are not facts. Facts deal with where we are today. That's the reality. Let's look at evidence. Let's look at evidence. Can you do that? Can you prove to me that the nature of man or men is to lead? What are they leading? Not, let me rephrase that. What have they led us into? Look at the state of the world under male leadership. And let's look at the state of the world when there was female leadership. Why can we not lead together? The nature of women is to nurture and follow. Really? Then why were females created first? How did the powerful female allow such destruction if they created everything? No one said females created everything. No one said that. Now you're getting off the subject. Now you're going way abroad. No. That's not a serious question. Look at the state of the world when there was matriarchy, matriarchal societies, and how did it change when these patriarchal alien societies came in and changed things? When you're ready to answer those questions with evidence, then we can really talk. Right now, you're just telling me what you've been taught by male leaders who are in patriarchies. We are not ourselves. We are not ourselves. Okay. Imlula says that Women are not these angels that you are making it seem, and men are not these warmongering devils. Who is Madame Yoko? Who? Madame Yoko, isn't she Chinese? She's not African. Has nothing to do with Africa. Okay. I never said that women were angels. See, you're taking things way off the path of evidence. Do some research. Find out what life was like in Africa before these northern patriarchal societies came in and took over. Oh, okay. 
Madame Yoko of Sierra Leone. Okay. I'm not familiar with her, but she's one out of thousands. Why are you selecting one? Why are you selecting one? One bad apple has not led Africa into the mess it's in. That's my answer. Tell me what life was like under African matriarchies for hundreds of thousands of years. We're not looking for perfect angels. We are talking about the norm. The norm. What was life like? Before these non-Africans, especially these Europeans, these barbarians came in with their own culture, forced us into it, forced us into their religions and whatnot. What was life like? under African matriarchies. We're not talking about perfection. There is no such reality as a utopia. We are talking about the norm. Because life in Africa before was very different than the way Africa has been after. After these northern barbarians came into it, forced their culture, forced their religion, forced their traditions on us. So that now we are taking their values, their cultural reality, their, their, and look at Africa now. And beyond Africa, look at the rest of the world. And you're arguing for that. I don't want to hear about one example here and one example there. And No. We're talking about the norm. What was the African reality and the norm within these matriarchal societies? before and after the Europeans. Max Sino says, you said all XX came from XY. No, 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 no. XY came from XX. XY is inferior. It, is, it has a deficit of genes. How did the female lose control? when we change from our system into someone else's system that is led by barbarians that's how we lost control finish next question I'm assuming that you guys are much younger than I am. Much younger. You need to start doing some research. You need to stop 
listening to this crap that you have been taught. That's the problem. You've bought into it. And I am surprised to see that someone who follows Ifa, have you read the Odus? Not not to say that I'm a I'm an expert in the Odus. I am not. But I do read the work of the experts. Okay, Max. So how do they get control back? Actually, it now this is just opinion. Since we have failed to do the needful, the universe has taken over. The universe has to take over. Because these patriarchal practices have killed billions. One small group of people in this world have killed, murdered, maimed, butchered, enslaved, and colonized billions of human beings, slaughtered them without remorse, and have put their filthy ways into our heads, our consciousness, our spirituality, have messed it up. And since we don't do research, we are messed up. And we are just going along with it. How do we get control back? The universe is taking care of the problem. It's making them go extinct. By 2050, in one and a half generations, they won't be around in any kind of numbers. And frankly, those who go along with it, who collaborate, the traitors, who take money and keep their people hungry, starving, enslaved today, in a very dangerous position. Very dangerous. So you've got to do the research. I may be wrong. But until you do your own research, you cannot definitively say anything that will counter what I have presented. Do your research. If I'm wrong, after you do the research, come and tell me. I can change, but you have to prove it. What matriarchal societies? Matriarchal societies, they existed for hundreds of thousands of years until the coming of the Europeans. Again, you are asking me questions. I don't know your age, and I don't want to be insulting. But your questions are telling me that you have not done any research about who our people are. And if you don't know about who our people are, you don't know who you are. You only know 
what you have been told. And what you have been told is intended to keep you enslaved. I say again, it takes only common sense to look at the mess of the world and say that any kind of male leadership is best for humanity. You can't do it. I defy you to prove to me that the state that we are in right now, the entire earth itself, is better off. Human beings are better off worldwide with male leadership of any kind. Not just the northern barbarians, but the rest of the world that has adopted these ideas through their religions. I defy you to prove that I'm wrong. I'm waiting for it. Do your research. I don't mean to be insulting, but your questions are questions that I expect from teenagers. who haven't lived long enough to do any kind of research, who haven't lived long enough to experience life. Look at the condition of the world. And until and unless you do that, your questions seem like they are coming from an adolescent. What are your facts? Bring those facts. I have brought mine. If you want to refute what I have said, you can. I look forward to it. Because if I am wrong, I want to know so that I can change. Bring your facts. Bring the dates. Bring the history. Bring the scientific knowledge. Okay. Imlola says, Dr. Ade, the condition of the world is due to the world not being run under Ma'at. You also say it is not true leadership running the world. I don't know what to say after that. Human beings are human beings. Human beings are just human beings. But why is it so difficult for you to just look at evidence over hundreds of thousands of years, hard evidence, human beings have a mindset. They have a worldview. 
that governs all behavior, their behavior. So what have they done? History says what people have done. That's the evidence. So now you just you're just talking in generalities. You're speaking in generalities that don't really say anything. These generalities don't prove anything. They are just generalities. Both men and women are involved in the disorder happening in the world and not just men. Who is responsible? If you say men are born to lead, deal with that. Bring me the historical facts. Every society in Africa was matriarchal until the coming of the Caucasians. And some of those matriarchals still exist despite despite being Christian or Muslim or whatever. This is why when a couple gets engaged in Africa, who has to pay the dowry? The men. Why? Because women are considered to be more valuable than men. Do some research. M. Lola says, Dr. Ade, I throw in the towel, but it was a pleasure and thank you for answering my questions and comments. You don't have to throw in the towel unless you were just testing me. <laughs> if you were just testing me, no problem. But if you genuinely didn't know don't throw in the towel until you know, until you can stand flat-footed on your own and say, here is the evidence. I can prove it by this and this and this and this and draw that timeline and show us the evidence of how things change from this original to that which has led us to where we are now. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. I thank you for asking the questions because that's what keeps me sharp. That's what keeps me on my toes. And if I don't know, I will say I will tell you right up front, I don't know. But by the next time we have a meeting, I will have an answer for you. It's the way I have always conducted my classes. I tell my students, you don't have to believe me. I'm speaking from my research and from evidence. Don't believe me. 
each one of us has to gain knowledge on our own. And if you have a teacher, a professor, a mentor, only 50% comes from the teacher, the mentor, the lecturer. The other 50% has to come from the student. All you know is what somebody said. And I force my students to go and find out for yourself. And if I am wrong, come back and tell me. Because I need to know I want to be correct. It's not important to me that I am always right and have the last word. That's BS. It is BS any time we are in an environment of teaching and learning. It's a two-way street. I'm always learning from my students. Even with the questions that my students ask, I am learning because no human being, no human being knows everything. And on any point, any subject, okay, and Lola, stay there for a minute. Whenever a topic is being discussed, right? There is always a student in that classroom who sees a situation from a different perspective that I never thought about and will ask a question from that perspective and I don't know how to answer it. And I say to that student, to that classroom, I don't know. But I will have an answer for you by the next class meeting. So, M. Lola, you say, I'm in training for the rematch. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. So am I. Until the day we die, we are in training for rematches. That's the best attitude to have in life because no one knows everything. And when it comes to our culture, our knowledge system, our scientific knowledge alone, we're talking about knowledge that is the oldest on the planet. Ruth, hold your horses. I'm coming. Knowledge that goes back when we were the only human beings on earth. Everyone else came hundreds of thousands of years later. As human beings, they weren't even on the planet. Okay, let me go to Ruth. Ruth says, the more I study, I realize that how much I realize how much we've been lied to. I could easily rationalize that women are first instead of second. We have to learn and unlearn absolutely. That is why once we wake up, we have to teach our children even from the womb. 
from the time of birth until our, our babies are seven years old, whatever we teach them will never leave them. That's why it's so hard after we're even a teenager, let alone 30, 40, 50 years old, still holding on to that misinformation. That's why people get stuck because they've never studied, never looked into alternative African knowledge. Why don't they do it? Because they believe it is factual what we have been taught. So when we teach our babies from birth until seven years old, that lays, that establishes a foundation that lasts our children for life until the grave. Period. So we have given them the antidote to the poison before one drop of poison by the, en by the enemy enters them. They can start talking that garbage, that foolishness, that mess, and it just bounces off our babies like water. It rolls off like water from a duck's back. It is so much easier to teach them from birth to seven years old so, than to have them become teenagers, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, filled up with this nonsense and self-hatred. That's the worst part of it. Filled up with self-hatred. If you don't know yourself, and how great you are. You can't know anything else in life. Every experience a human being has always relates to self. So if you don't know self, you're lost. Any wind, any puff of breeze can blow you anywhere. Anyone can lead, you don't know where you're going, so any fool can carry you there. You understand? I'm not teaching this way to make you feel belittled. I'm just trying to wake you up so that you can find out for yourself. And then you can look back and say, Dr. Abdei was right on this, this, and this. Now, I question what she said on this other thing and so far, and you can come back and confront Dr. Ade with yours. And Dr. Ade will be able to discuss with you. Wow. And probably learn from you, but only when you do your own research. Because it's not knowledge until you do your own research. Okay, Ruth says, the more I study, the more I realize how much we've been lied to. Of course. Of course. And common sense, Ruth. It is common sense and 
female knowledge that allows you to say and motivates you to say that you could easily rationalize that women are first. Why? Because you are a woman and you understand what happens in a woman's body. Not this crap that men have been teaching us. They were first and they created women. How can an XY create an XX? It's impossible. And I have done a video showing blow by blow, instance by instance, how the female, each part of the female's reproductive system is transferred from being female to male, from the clitoris to the labia, to this and that, from the ovaries to, okay? I spelled it out. It can be Googled. Ask any doctor. He can tell you. No one knows the mystery and the spiritual power that allowed African females to create the male. No one knows. All we know is what is. That's the power of the African female. Okay? She sacrificed one of her exes to create that Y. It still happens today with every pregnancy. Every one of them. It takes six weeks before one leg of one X drops off. Then, after six weeks, the doctor can say it's going to be a, a female, a girl, or it's going to be a boy. That's all science knows. And I am just itching to sit with the highest adepts in Africa. I want to sit at their feet to take me farther, to draw me higher. Because they know all the questions that I have. And I'm even going beyond. My questions are going beyond life on earth. Where did we come from? Hmm? How many times have African people been brought to this earth? We have evidence. that shows, demonstrates that we as Africans have been on this earth straightening shit out like avatars, straightening things out because humanity has gone the wrong way. We've got to send in the generals now, says the universe, says Mother, Father, God. We've got to bring in the heavy hitters to straighten this shit up. 
How many times? Because what makes me question this? Because we have found and continue to find evidence, hard evidence that goes far beyond those little three or four hundred thousand years of African existence that I talk about. That's chump change. I now know from evidence that people are not really studying. I am aware that we have been to this earth several times to straighten it up. It gets messed up. And the universe sweeps all this crap clean and leaves a few, I mean by a few, a handful of human beings left to carry on and populate the earth again and again and again. And it is always African people. And it is happening as we speak. This mess is being swept away. The ones messing it up are becoming extinct. By 2050, if you look at all the population charts, just go to the charts. Do your work. Do your research. Look at the charts. The people of Africa have the only population that is expanding. And the more they kill us and attempt to kill us, now and whoever heard of this, the universe is sending strong messages saying, you idiots, you cannot kill my original children. What is happening? African couples, it's always married couples, are having nine babies at one time, litters. Google it. And all nine, all nine will be live births. And they are growing up healthy. It's a message from the universe. You cannot kill, exterminate my original African children. All they are doing is killing themselves and each other. But they are so crazed. They have such a bloodlust. They are so wicked that they don't even see the signs. Google it. See if I'm lying. Come back and tell me. Come back and tell me, Dr. Ade, you're wrong. I will listen. I will listen to the evidence that you bring. We've got to wake up. We have no idea who we are. We have no idea the power that we have. We have no idea 
why God created us with all these capacities and capabilities over and above the rest. We have no idea why all the richest of the world are concentrated on the continent of Africa that we don't give a damn about. That we have males, men, who are so greedy and so easily corrupted that they will just sell us off. Look at how for a, almost a hundred years, right up until today, they have been just giving away the mineral resources of Africa. Just giving it away. Uranium, for example. They've been buying, they've been paying, Europe has been paying Africans 80 cents, and I forget per kilogram or whatever it is, while the rest of the world, the world market demands at least $200. Those few pennies, and look at who is benefiting. And our men are carrying it on. They are easily corrupted since they don't give birth to humanity. They care less. Now that's not everyone, but the ones who are violent and greedy will agree to kill off the ones who are not. The ones, the men who have balanced energies, who care about humanity. Not as much as a female, but they care. That is their job, to protect and to provide. Instead, these corrupted ones do just the opposite. So they will help to kill the leaders, the real leaders who are not corrupted. You know the history. Tell me if I am wrong. Prove it to me and I will agree. But I know you can't. Our history is replete with African traitors who are easily corrupted, who are just that selfish. They don't care. They have bought into the white or Caucasian male patriarchy, into the Caucasian material reality. They don't have spirit. They can't get spirit because uh, um, calcium crystals are blocking up their pineal glands. So their pineal glands are inactive. And wow, this is why melatonin 
is flying off the pharmacy shelves because they don't have that enriched euro uh, <laughs> neural melanin. Are there any other questions? I love this session. I love it. I love the challenge. Raw reality. Mbotu of Congo is one of them. He helped them take out Patrice Lumumba. Wow. When I read these histories, it makes me emotional to think of all the heroes who gave their lives standing up to these devils. Elijah Muhammad was right. I never disagreed with him. I now call them demons because by African standards, they are demons. You have individuals who look like they are persons. They look like human beings. But they have no human sensibilities. None. They enjoy killing. They enjoy spilling blood. In the Congo, look at how they enjoy chopping off the hands even of children and babies, chopping off hands and feet. And in Belgium today, they still sell these chocolate hands. Celebrating what Leopold did. How can you call them human beings when their ancestors were not even fully human? In, um, what am I trying to say? In anthropology and paleontology, African people are the only ones classified as homo, meaning human, sapien, meaning thinking, but they had to add an, another sapien. We are the only ones classified scientifically as two things. Number one, the only anatomically modern human being. Number one. Number two, the only ones endowed genetically with a capacity to even be, I'm going to say it, this is my, this is, this is from me, not from science. I will say superhuman. It's not superhuman. It's just that we are the standard. We are the only ones classified as being homo sapiens sapiens. We are the only ones who are classified so that homo sapiens sapiens sapien is 
interpreted as the doubly wise human beings who are incidentally the only anatomically modern human beings. Anatomically different from Neanderthals and Denisovans and all those others that had to become extinct because they were not true human beings. So the universe got rid of them. And the people, the enemies that we are dealing with right now as we speak, those are their ancestors. Those subhumans who can only be classified as homo sapiens. They think that's it. They are the ones who have only one chromosome or one gene stream higher than a chimpanzee. And when you think of chimpanzees, those are some of the most murderous animals on the face of the earth. Do your homework. Do your research. This is what we are dealing with. And we still today, because of religious teaching, we still are thinking that we can humanize them. Thinking that we can civilize them. If you can't humanize them, how the hell can we civilize them? When I watched what they did January 6, 2022, we saw, they showed us who, who they are as if we needed any other evidence. Did you see them climbing the sides of that wall? Did you see them hanging, some of them, by two or three fingers from the wall and talking to people down below? They What? Did you see that murderous fervor? This is who they are. And by African standards, if you have no human sensibilities, you cannot be considered as a human being. You definitely are a demon. They kill for pleasure. They live to fight. Even their vision of heaven, their Valhalla, is compressed existence in Valhalla, their heaven. After they die, they're up in heaven or wherever it is, fighting. Get up in the morning, drink a strong drink, eat a heavy meal, and go back out to the battlefield and fight and come back. <laughs> it's the craziest thing I ever heard of in my life. What constructive where is any kind of constructive aspect of these people? Okay, raw reality says in both. Oh, you told me about 
Yeah, Patrice Lumumba. There are some films that I just can't see. I never watched Roots. It makes me too angry. I was just barely able to see that film about Malcolm X. I was just barely able to get through it. And those other folks were lined up to come into the theater as we were going out and they were watching us like a they were watching us like a let me get this right I was thinking like a rat watches a snake <laughs> they were afraid They didn't know if someone was just going to just pop off. We are in a tough situation. And it's because of ignorance of who we are. We haven't come to ourselves. And I tell you again and again, the traitors and the collaborators are living on very dangerous grounds right now because this present generation of children, young people, they are not believing in all this crap that the older generation has been telling and teaching. This young generation, mm -mm, they are ready to take care of business. Just look at the revolutionary spirit that is flashing across the Sahel today. And it's growing. And they are uniting. They have formed confederations so that they will be all one, all for one. And one for all. And it's spreading. And they are learning from each other. And enlarging the concept. So the revolution is here. How many heroes have we lost? Many. Many. Next question or comment. Is there another one, Lance? Is Lance there? Lance! <laughs> Maybe I talk, talk Lance to sleep. <laughs> no, no, no. I was across the room multitasking. I got a computer here and another computer there, so I was listening to the mic. Lance, I am loving this session. I am loving it. I can I see that our people, our people are questioning. And I praise God that I can answer them substantively. 
Is there another comment? Just conversation and every now and like this one here. Here's another one. Okay. Raw reality. All of the sellouts are being exposed. Yes. That is what the coup in Niger did. It exposed all of the African leaders that wanted to go in and restore the crooked president the people kicked out. Isn't that something? I predict that ECOWAS is just going to fall apart now. But with Niger and Mali and especially Burkina Faso, oh man, I love to see that young man. I wish I had a daughter his age that I could marry to him. <laughs> but they are all strong men, handsome, vibrant, and their hearts are in the right place. And you can see that God and the Holy Spirit are leading them. And they are smart. They have so far outwitted all the Europeans. The first thing all three of them did was to have bloodless coops. Had they spilled one drop of blood, the Europeans would have been able to use that as an excuse to come in and invade. But they didn't do it. And now that these three nations have formed a federation, then how about Bazoom? <laughs> he can give it up. But he still has faith in France, thinking that somehow France is going to save his sorry behind. Another thing they have done that has sent shockwaves through Europe and Africa is they have arrested Bazoom and they are planning to try him for treason, which is a death sentence. Of course, he is guilty. So, if being a traitor brings a death sentence. Of course, that sends fearful shockwaves among all the traitors and all the collaborators. Yes. I have said several times that I've prayed for this. I've prayed to see this day. i prayed for 50 years to see this day. This day when we have turned a corner coming to ourselves. And it's because that evil spell that we have been under has worn off. It's gone. It coincides with the death of Queen Elizabeth. Now there's a subject 
They say that African spirituality is evil witchcraft. Then what do you say about Caucasian spirituality, if you want to call it that? It is spirituality, but it's spirituality, it's low vibrational spirituality that brings wickedness and evil and death. What do you say about her after learning that she was an initiated witch in the Druid religion? Did you see the ceremony, the ritual that they did? Did you see it? Did you see it when they trotted out this hell of a big ram? That ram was so big that it came up to this tall man's waist. And they trotted it out on a leash to be sacrificed. A blood sacrifice of a huge ram. Did you see it on television when there was this big, you know, meeting and all the Europeans were there, the leadership and everything, and there was this Druid priest in a black robe with a hood on it marching back and forth. The camera caught. We saw all of it. Did you see it? When this one official broke the magical wand of the queen, that was the part of the ritual, her burial ritual. Did you see it? She was a witch, an evil witch that brought death and destruction. And here we want to be like them. How? Why? We want to have children by them. So you don't like Having your child be one of God's, be, be created in one of God's original models. You want to crossbreed with people who carry Neanderthal and Denisovan genes. When you look at them, you're looking at a Neanderthal. When you look at the Asians, you're looking at the Denisovans. All of them are becoming extinct. What do you say about that? You see how beliefs are not facts? People want to crossbreed with them because they believe that their offspring will be at a level higher than African. And then you learn that the African have twice as many genes as the Europeans and Asians. Okay. For those of you who have not had children yet, let this be a lesson to you. There is nothing higher than an African on God's green earth. Nothing. There is nothing better so if you don't want to be African, you can be taken away right along with the enemy. That's where we are in this fifth dimension 
reality. You would rather be with the demons. You feel good around them. You like to be hugged up with them. Absorbing their nasty vibrations. Are you mad? I wouldn't let one of these traitors, one of these collaborators, I, I, I don't want them touching me. I don't want their bad vibrations touching me. This is where we are. And people, our people, are still holding on to these demons. We have been told that God looks like a white man with long, stringy hair, pale skin, and having no strength. These pictures, you, you know, they look like, wow. No strength, no power. Nothing. This is who we think is going to come out from somewhere up in the sky and come down on a cloud and rescue us. We're waiting for him. We have forgotten that God is within us. Not somewhere out in the damn sky. We're waiting on God and God that is within us is waiting on us. And what I am saying is this. Wake the hell up. Stand up in your Godhood, the Godhood that is within you. Show that you have some kind of integrity. Some kind of courage. All you can talk about is what they've done to us and about us, for us. I don't allow people to come to me with that mess anymore. I stopped it years ago. Because if you know in detail everything that was done to us, you know the solutions. What the hell are you doing? Now, see, you got my passion up. Let me stop cursing. What are you doing? You're lazy. You're cowardly. Frances Cress Welsing, before she died, predicted that at this very time, we would see an explosion of homosexuality because there had been so much violence and killing, murders of black men during the 60s, 50s, 60s, right up until the 70s, and still. She predicted it. So I'm still asking. Okay, Lance is saying, let's all call the conference line number so that we can speak to Dr. Ade directly with our questions if she agrees to come on. Okay. Oh, what time? Lord, have mercy. We've been on since three. 
It's now almost 8 o'clock. Let me ask this question, because I haven't had anything to eat since around 9 this morning. I did remember to feed my cats before I got on, so that they wouldn't be bothering me. Why don't I do another session on this topic? How about it, guys? Let's cover these questions and comments during another session. A session wow. where... I got, them, I got them happy about the conference line, but um, we can do it another day, too. But they were happy thinking they were going to go and talk to at least like 15, 20 minutes today, maybe 30 minutes right now, if you wanted to. They're begging. If we start on the conference line, we will be here until midnight. I'm old. I need to rest. <laughs> and I need to eat. What I want you guys to do is this. Write down your questions and challenges and your comments. Write them down. And I will look forward to having the conference line next Friday. How about that? That'll work. Okay. Same topic. Is that agreeable? Yeah, yeah. Written in stone. I'm listening for them. What do you guys want to talk about? Tell me that. Tracy says, I still want the conference line for the chat room tonight. Tracy? Yeah, we can still do that. We can still do the chat room tonight, but it'll be like just us talking and whatnot. But then with you, Dr. Day, next Friday is good too. Yeah, we'll still have it tonight, uh, Tracy J. Okay. I'll give you a half hour. How is that? Okay. All right. So what we do, the I'll way it works. Halfway. One half yeah, let hour. Me, um, yeah, let me just address everybody who's new to it. That number, I'm going to put it back on the um, screen. It's uh, 321. I uh, just handed it up. Let me just see. I don't want to mess it up. It's been a while since I got on there, right? Okay, here we go. Okay, here it is. 321-521-2515. Three two one two five one two five one five. So I need those, to call that number. Yes. And okay. yeah, if you get there before everybody else, you'll be the only one until everybody else files in. That conference line goes straight, uh, uninterrupted for five hours at the five-hour point. If it cuts off, you can just call back and it continues, and I'll, I'll upload the MP3 as its own separate show. So people are still going to get it on all social media platforms and on the site. So it's a very convenient way for people to come on. There's another link that you can come on if you're in another country. Let me know. I'll dig for it. I kind of forgot it, but I can give it to you, and you can go there from any country in the world and talk to Dr. Day and not have to pay any fees or anything like that. So if you're in America, um, Canada, you can use this number here. And um, if you need the link, the actual, you know, you can use your phone, click it like you click in any site on the internet, 
will take you right to the chat room and you can, uh, well, the conference line and you can talk and holds up to about a hundred people. So if you have any background noise, please, you know, if you're not going to talk, you just want to listen, mute your phone, mute your phone anyway, because you have people go to the restroom, the bathroom, the one number two, we hear all their business or when they're in the act of procreation. Okay. So mute your phone. If you're not going to talk, you know, um, if you're quiet, then cool. Um, we can get in and talk, but three, two, one, five, two, one, two, five, one, five. That's for the people who are listening, who are not in the chat room. You can dial that number. Now you will hear each other. When Dr. Day uh, comes in, just give it a respect and keep the background noise down and ask your questions and just have a normal conversation in an orderly, respectful manner. Some people come on, hey, yo, what's going on out here? You know, relax and just say, excuse me, can I, you know, because I'll moderate. <laughs> and, I, and I'll turn it into a private room quick if there's that ignorance that's going on. So mute your phone, be respectful, talk when you can, unmute it, and we'll be good. So 321-521-2515, the number's on the screen. And then I'm, then I'm going to go through the process of shutting the show down with the outros and everything, but you can call it now if you want. Um, if you're the first one there, you're going to have to wait till the people to come in. Okay, Lance? Yeah. I'm trying to... What I, I've emailed done, you. I emailed I you. I have my phone. Mm-hmm. I put it in. I put in the number. I'm saving it. So now I just need to call, right? Yeah, just call it. And just hold tight until somebody is there and we'll answer you back. Because it's going to hold a bunch of people. It's going to be like a like an old-time party line. Okay. I've never done this before. So all I need to do is just, just hold the phone. Yeah, you just hold the phone and talk into it like you're talking to me on the phone. It doesn't work with WhatsApp. You have to call it directly. So if you're out of yes. the country, I can find the link. Um but just head on over there now. Dr. Day will be there. Okay. And Tracy J, I know you are. Okay, well, okay. Okay, so hang up from here, Dr. Day. I'm going to end this. I'm, I'm going to keep this on enough to get the link uh, like for Verna May um, and the other people who are out of the country. Um, just give me a second. Just give me a second. But you can start talking. You can, you can sign up from this now if you want. And I'm going to start... Uh, wrapping this show down, and we'll continue on the conference line. So it's just a regular phone call, but I got to find that link. Okay, so I can just start talking, right? Yes, yeah, who's calling? Yeah, talking. Yeah. Okay, I had to mute her for the feedback. So I'm going to get the number, Renee. Um, I used to have it prominently displayed, but let me... um. I think I have to go to my site for this. It's been a while. Let me see. This hold tight. She's on the conference line now for those who want to call. Okay, I have international numbers here. I'm going to drop this. I think we have Germany. Let me see. Okay, let me see. There are a few countries that are not on this list, but I'm going to put it up there. I think Germany's not on this list, but there is a direct link for me, so hold tight. I'm going to drop this link in the room or in the chat right now. So you all go the list of direct countries. And um, I'm going to get the direct link. So you don't have to just use that particular number. But click that link right there that I just gave. 
I just put in the chat room. But give me a second, because I got to log on actually to, um, let me see now. Germany's not there. Argentina, Australia, Austria, Belgium, and so on. So it's a lot of cut Israel. <laughs> I don't think anybody's there from there. But um, give me a second. I'm going to find it. Kind of have it buried somewhere. Okay, so let me get this. Hold tight, y'all. Hold tight. Matter of fact, I might just play some music or something. I don't want you to go anywhere. I gotta find this thing. Hold tight. And this, the link that I get goes anywhere. Just have to log in here. I dropped the link. You can just um, and this link is good for all future shows we have. I'm gonna start circulating again. Okay, here's the link. I got it. Let me um copy it. I'm gonna drop it into the room, and this goes for anywhere in the entire country. Uh, in the world, actually. Okay, there it is. Okay, that's it right there. It's in the chat room. I'm gonna put it up on the screen now. That's 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 what you you know putting Google, putting your search box, whatever, on your phone through the internet, and that brings you right into the conference line where you can talk just like you're talking on the phone. It gets no better than that. Do you see that, Verna May? I was so busy working the show and multitasking, I didn't have a chance to say hi. But on the screen right there, and I'll make some graphics for the future since we'll start doing this again. We used to do it a lot. We used to do it a whole lot, but now it just, you know, things ebb and flow. But you can talk to Doctor Aday there, and really, even if you're in the United States, you can use that that link. You know what I mean? Instead of having to dial, you use it from anywhere. That's the cool part about it. It takes up to a hundred people. And um, just know that there'll be other people there, so just kind of observe a little bit before you jump in, because some people just come in like 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 a you know a bull in a china shop. Hey hey hey, you know just ease in. And this will be um, uploaded. It will be uploaded. It'll be uploaded tomorrow. So even if she signs off. You all can continue talking. I'm going to go in there for a little while, but you all can continue talking. And wherever the conversation goes, it goes. And, um, you know, we just have to be respectful in there. Yeah, no, but this is going to end soon. This is going to end soon, Brother Ray. So that link on the screen and the one I just dropped in the room will bring you right there. So um, that's the link. So I'm going to sign off. Anybody else need any information about this? It's pretty simple and straightforward. It's pretty simple and straightforward. I'll drop this once again. I'll make a big graphic for it. 
um, eventually. I'll do it tomorrow, and I have it. I'll probably put that up after every show if people want to talk again on every show. I have it. I can display it prominently. Just give me a second. I'll, I'll drop the number again. Hold tight. Okay, let me see. Been working on so many things. Okay. Okay. Five, two, one, two, five, one, five. Okay, now this is both. There it is. Let me put this up on the screen. Two ways to get on. And as you see, the address after Scurve is a separate number. When you see here, room Scurve, and then that's it for the link. And for the number, it's 321-521-2515. You can call if you're in the Philippines. You can hit that link. If you're in the Philippines, China, Germany, the North Pole, Harlem, Skid Row, wherever. You can get in there. Okay. Any any questions? Because she's there now talking. She's still logged into the show, but I'm going to remove her because she's on the conference line now. So everybody there, she's there talking now. So I'm going to come on in through the computer so I can see and moderate who's there. There's any noisy folks. You can be nosy, but not noisy. Okay. All right. On that note, I'm going to wrap this down, and um, it's been good. I'm looking forward to coming on the conference line shortly. I gave out the numbers and everything, so everything should work out all right. Okay, everybody? So I'm just going to sign off normally, and what we do in the conference line, for those who are watching now who don't have time to come on, just understand that we'll have this up tomorrow at some point, this conversation that's going to go on the conference line right now. Okay? Much love to you all. I'll come back with something tomorrow when I wake up. And um, it's going to be very interesting. I've been working on it right now. So you'll look for that link too. Make sure to subscribe and like and all that good stuff. Let's keep the work going. Let's keep it going. The more you participate, the more I will do. All right? So we can have some good shows, good conversations, and good engagement. And thank you all for your support ahead of time. Thank you all. Remember now, let's go to the conference line. Peace.
why are we called Negroes? Why are we deaf, dumb, and blind? Hello, man. Why is everybody making progress? Land. Yet we seem to be lagging so far behind. Why are we mistreated? Why are we in this condition? Stripped of our name, our language, our culture, our God, and our religion. Here in America, all of our religious training has been gotten by the preacher. He has told us of a heaven way up in the sky that we can't enjoy now, but rather after we die. But all of the years that we're living, for us there's nothing but hell, pain, torture, and misgiving. Yet the Bible speaks of a heaven filled with material luxury, which the white man and the preacher has right here, so we see. So, my friend, take it for what it's worth. Your heaven and your hell is right here on this earth. So let's check back into history, which rewards all research and tells us plainly that before the white man gained entry to the east, he was living in the caves of Europe, a ravenous beast, eating juniper roots and eating flesh raw, till God sent Moses to civilize him and teach him the law. Then following Marco Polo, an explorer, he gained entry into Asia and Africa. From China, he took silk and gunpowder. From India, he took juice, manganese, and rubber. He raped Africa of her diamonds and her gold. From the Mideast, he took barrels of oil untold. Raping, robbing, and murdering everything in his path. The whole black world has tasted of the white man's wrath. So, my friend, it's not hard to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. Nile River, we were living in luxury, enjoying freedom, justice, and equality. We wore silk and robes, it was the gold. We were the wealthiest and the wisest people, I'm told. Now we are the poorest of the poor. Nobody wants us at their door. So, my friend, it's easy to tell. White man heaven, black man hell. When the white man came to America, he told the Indian, I am your white brother. He said, Red man, I'll treat you the best. 